0: And, and bam, we're live. Damn, I think I'm going to be fidgeting with this mic a lot today. Can you guys hear me? Anthony, what's up? Good morning, brother. Anthony Lewis. Yeah, this is going to be crazy, right? I was just on uh, my unbanned Instagram account, Sevan Rinsta, S-E-V-A-N-R-I-N-S-T-A, I I think, Rinsta, Sevan Rinsta. Um. Trying to get people to come over here. I don't even know how to describe Heath Pedigo, this guy who's about to come on. But if you don't know who he is, his name is Heath Pedigo, P-E-D-I-G-O. I I should actually write it in the comments. And you want to Google him, and you want to start watching the series on YouTube, and you want to watch it with your kids. Good morning, Bruce. And you want to uh, watch it with your kids, and it's called... um, Daisy fresh an American jiu Jitsu story it is incredible will Hobart be Hobart be on? what, what hey, good morning, Reuben no, it's just me and Heath Heath Pedigo. if he shows up I always, you know if he shows up yes, I can hear you thanks valerie Valerie Zika Zika do you remember when before uh before they tried to get Zika to stick before the uh this current joke? That, they're, that they've got us running around doing circles with. So I was just uh, complaining this morning, not complaining, critiquing. This is a notebook I have. It's where I do all my keep all my notes, and I go through a notebook about every 30 uh, guests. And this notebook I have to stand on to keep the pages open. So every time I turn the page, I have to put it on the ground and literally stand on it So it stays open, right? So the crease stays there. Can you imagine making a notebook that didn't stay open on its own? Unless there's some reason for that, it it seems like complete idiocy and a fail. Like someone should be just taken out back and like slapped around for that. It's like my kids' shirts. My kids' shirts, the opening at the top of them, 90% of them, it hurts them when you pull it over their head because – uh, their heads are bigger than the opening of the shirt who would do that to kids who hello from Nikita and baby Casey excited for this one awesome thanks Maria it's weird it's weird that I didn't know about this guy sooner you know I just found out about these Daisy fresh guys I don't know a week ago I feel like I'm late to the game. But I watched the uh, five-part. Are there more than five parts? Does anyone know if there's more than five parts to that documentary series? Once again, let me tell you guys the name of it. It's called Daisy Fresh, an American Jiu-Jitsu Story. And it's a it's it's a it's a show that you should watch with your kids, I think. The whole family should watch it. It's an amazing story. Good morning, Ron. You need to interview the hillbilly hammer. I agree. I need to go through all those guys. I need to, ma- I need to interview those guys and make $20 off of each one of them on my YouTube channel interview jujitsu guys to pay for my kids jujitsu. jitsu i I just love that so many questions for this guy heath i hope i don't screw it up i was just talking on um my instagram live this is i don't know why i'm so nervous about this one i feel like i'm gonna say something um that i'm gonna accidentally pretend like i know more than i do you know what i mean like i'm gonna get schooled but i want to get schooled but i don't want to be i don't want to be uh um I wanna get schooled I wanna be humble about it. I don't wanna say something and he has to unfuck me. Cause you know I don't do jujitsu, I just take the drive the kids there five days a week, so I think I know everything. But I know nothing. What's up, Clay? How are you? I wonder if we're gonna get this guy on. Should we call Matt Souza? We're four minutes into the live show and we do not have our guest. Isn't it amazing, this miracle of, like, I can just be sitting here in my office, computer, microphone? This stuff's not even that expensive. If you're committed to doing a show, you can do the show. How many shows is this? This is show 155, and I need to get to show 500. I was, I've been a little bit down on myself. Not down. That's too strong. But when I don't do the big, big CrossFitters, the numbers on the show drop. But I, but I don't want to rely on that. So, like, I'm, I'm really just interviewing who I want okay, to interview. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Matthew Souza. You are live on the air. Can you oh, tell fantastic. us do you, any, any thoughts on where the guest is? No, I tried. I sent them a message through Instagram. I re emailed them right now, and I'm going to send him another one to see where the hell he's at. Okay, thank you. All right, stand by. All right, no problem. Okay, there's bye. only 17 people listening. <laughs> That's more than all my podcasts got combined. So awesome! <laughs> you sound a bit low. No, no, I'm not low. I'm not low. I'm not low. It, I'm, not, I'm not low. Sorry, I didn't make it seem like that. I am really excited. Here, let me tell you how excited I am. This is how stupid emotions are. This is why you got to keep that shit in check. So this morning, I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm like, oh, when I don't, when I don't have big big time CrossFitters on the numbers for the show drop, right? Like who gives a shit? I'm still doing what I want to do. The numbers are still great. Um, people, the comments are fantastic. I should be happy, but you know, I'm just like kicking myself. Cause like, I, I, I want to take over. I want to take over. I want to have everyone on. I want to have Biden and Trump on. I want to host the debate. I want to be better than that other guy, Mr. Rogan. And, but so so I'm kicking myself and I'm like, you know, you just stay, stay the course for two more years, Savon. Keep your head down. Who gives a shit, right? Everyone wants to be the best at what they do and I'm putting in the work. But then out of nowhere, Alexander Volkanovsky, I don't know if you guys know who that is, he returned my DM this morning and said he'd love to come on the podcast. So how could I, how could I, it's like complaining about your penis when it's 10 inches long. It's like you, it, you're just being a baby just being a baby. I'm just being a baby. You just you just you just want to do better. You just want to do better. The numbers will start picking up for non CrossFit guests. I agree, Ron, thank you. Yeah, wouldn't it be great? I'm really curious to hear Volkanovsky's story. Uh, he's got an uh, obviously he's got an amazing weight loss story, but to uh come from Australia and I, and I just love his message. Hey, if I can do it, anyone can do it. It's hard to believe that. Someone who is um puts on performances like him, but uh yeah. And, he, and it, the, the other weird part is, too, is that he beat Max Holloway, who I I don't know who doesn't love Max Holloway. But, but Volkanovski, I feel like uh, Brian Ortega made it easier to like Alexander Volkanovski after this last weekend's fight. For those of you who aren't following, I'm a big fan of the UFC. It's the ultimate fighting championships, and it plays um, basically every Saturday. And this last Saturday, they had a championship match against Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky. And here is Alexander Volkanovsky with a freshly clean haircut. There he is. There he is, yeah. man. It's great. Oh no, wait. This is Heath Pedigo. It is Soon not Heath Pedigo. Who?
1: Soon to be. I'm, I'm George. I'm just getting Heath uh, helping him to get set up right now with some headphones.
0: George, you got the uh, same haircut. Oh, yeah, I'm the brown Heath Pedigo. Wait. George, can you can you move back from the camera for a second? Oh my goodness, people! A little bit. Can you put the camera down so we could see your torso, see this body? <laughs> this is the guy, guys. This is we're live on my YouTube station. We've been live for eight minutes. This is one of the guys I've been telling you about, who's in that documentary that you got to see. This is the guy. How are you? Wow.
1: Good man. Good man. We're just getting getting Heath set up here for you guys
0: it's a twofer it's a twofer <laughs> two two guys one podcast how are, how are you where are you guys
1: good we're at uh, Heath's house right now actually
0: and uh I, I didn't know you made that you're that's awfully domesticated you go to Heath's house
1: yeah I live in in the van and then I just kind of like I'll sleep outside the gym and I'll sleep outside and Heath's here I'll crash on his couch sometimes I'll go and sleep at Alejandro's just kind of wherever I got to get some work done
0: Living the dream. How is everything? Can you believe this is your life? No, dude. It, it's very surreal. Sometimes
1: it feels like a like a movie, Peter Pan. It feels like uh, we're living in Neverland, and he's Peter Pan, and we're just the Lost Boys over here. That's what it feels like.
0: <laughs> That's a great movie. Those are two great movies, Peter Pan and Lost Boys. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any vampires in the gym? Um, we actually have of mania it that i'm pretty sure he was a vampire he sounded like one (laughs) all right Uh, what's your instagram handle it is at at gorgeous george of course (laughs) of
1: course (laughs) have you ever seen the movie snatch
0: uh yeah but i didn't hear i didn't understand one thing that was said in that movie (laughs) I just watch it for the fight scenes. Is it, is it the gorgeous George? Um, just, looks like, gorgeous. okay. Cause that looks like a porn. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's oh, me, is that's- it, is
0: it at, is it gorgeous Jorge or gorgeous George? Gorgeous Jorge. Okay. Okay. I see it. Gorgeous Jorge. Do you have a dog as your uh, profile picture? That's,
1: that's not it. That's actually a different one.
0: Another gorgeous Jorge. Yeah, I bet you I spelled. <laughs> you want to I get that one. I bet you I spelled gorgeous wrong. So, will someone, will someone in the comments here on the on the YouTube stream type in uh, at gorgeous Jorge and see if we can get this guy's Instagram <sighs> handle. You really have to follow all of these guys. This is some fun shit. This is what what reality TV show should have been. This is what real life activism looks like. Not protesting in front of like, in front of uh government buildings wanting change. This is like people really making a change, being the mere, being the, it's the Gandhi shit. These boys, this guy, they're doing the stuff. They're being the change they want to see in the world. I can't wait to dig in with you guys. All right, brother. Heath is ready for you here. Uh, uh, okay, uh, George, I'm going to, uh, Jorge, yeah. I'm going to um, bug you soon too and try to get you on the show.
1: No doubt, man. Whatever you need. You're the man. Thank you. Thank you.
2: going on brother
0: you're making them all get the haircut now
2: or they made or they
0: made you get the haircut
2: man i just feel so old sometimes man it's just you know if, if i can get them to all look alike it makes me feel better
0: last night i was going through some of your podcasts and i was um i was there's some really bad audio in some of them and some bad camera angles and i can't tell you how happy i am to see you with this like straightforward angle i could hear your voice we got a special treat with george you prepped yeah. us with George. You lubed us up with George, a little foreplay with George. That was and great.
2: They'll they stop by. They, uh, you I see a couple of them here. They they, they all, they all run, run in and out. So. I,
0: I, I hang out. I, I know a lot of big-name people. I can't believe how starstruck I am just sitting here staring at you. You know what I did in the last two days? I just watched um, episodes one through five. I'm going to tell you guys again. It's the Daisy Fresh, an American jiu-jitsu story. It's about uh, this gentleman that you're looking at, Heath Pedigo. It's about his project um, and his passion and his giving back to the world. I don't know if you would call him a martial artist, a humanitarian, a father, uh, a a real activist. Like someone who's actually – he's not holding signs and protesting. He's actually being the change. He's setting people up for success in this world. It's – it's so f- crazy, refreshing. Anyway, I would just watched all five. Are there more than five episodes, Heath? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple
2: more. Actually, uh, I think I think there's three more that that are on grappling that they haven't released yet. They just kind of slowly release them to YouTube. Uh, so, uh, so
0: that I'll want to subscribe to Flow Grappling <laughs> to get. Okay, that makes sense. They got to make money. Yeah, yeah, I ain't hating.
2: Yeah, no, we, we were really excited that they put those out on YouTube, you know what I mean, because uh, nothing was out at all, so when, when they dropped those, uh, you know, because they're, they're so much different than the other, uh, you know, they're not even really about jujitsu. you know what I mean, that, like, like you said, I consider myself, uh, uh, a jiu-jitsu guy, always, I just tell him I'm, uh, I'm, you know, an activist in the jiu-jitsu revolution, that's what I always tell people, so it's like, uh, just about trying to get change, in that show... Is uh, it's about so much more than you know, just training and uh, sleeping on the mats. It's it's, it's it, there's so much more to it than that. So it's uh, you know, I, I was really excited when they put it on YouTube. That way, everybody could check it out and you know, get something out of it.
0: Um, where were you born? Um, uh, Mount Vernon.
2: You're uh, born there. Born and raised here. At little town. There's about fourteen thousand people here. It's uh, yeah, right right in the middle of uh, the. Illinois on the bottom, the closest uh, cities. Uh, St. Louis is about uh, a couple hours away. That's the closest, biggest thing. Uh, yeah, the, the, there's there's nothing else within an hour of it at all. So it's just a small place in the middle of nowhere.
0: So for those of you who don't know, Mount Vernon is in Illinois. And um, for those of you who don't know, Illinois is in the United States. And those of you who don't know, I think it's pretty much right in the middle. It sounds like when he told me just now where it's at, I was thinking it's probably south of Chicago by 500 miles. Is that?
2: Yeah, exactly. We're about four hours south of Chicago. We're actually closer to like, uh, closer to like Memphis, Tennessee, Louisville. When, when you're from Illinois, no matter where you're from, when you tell someone, yeah, I know I'm from uh, way, way far away from Chicago. Then when they introduce you, they say, no, this is TV from Chicago. They never, uh, or, you know, if you're from Illinois, people just assume you're from Chicago. But uh, where are you from?
0: I am I'm, in, I'm in Cal- I was born in Oakland, California.
2: Born and raised.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a born and uh, die hard, fucking super liberal, woke as can be. And I'm 49 years old. And finally, about five or six years ago, something happened to me. Someone gave okay. me the red pill. And I woke up and I realized, holy shit. But I lived a pretty crazy life, too. I spent years homeless on the streets. But I worked my ass off. And I wasn't a drug addict. Like all my colleagues, all my my peer group was all drug addicts. I was disciplined, like you're giving those boys.
2: Yeah, I know. No, I understand that. So the best way for 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 people in California to understand it, Mount Vernon would be like Stockton. That's kind of what it would be like.
0: Oh, oh.
2: Like if you went to the worst worst part of Stockton, that's what Mount Vernon is like. It's uh, not that it's a bad place. There's like one road that runs through the middle of the town. On one side of the road, it's uh, it's rough. On the other side, it's just a normal Midwest town. It's an all right place. It's an all right place. It just uh, breeds tough
0: people, you know. You're um. You're thirty nine years old. I mean, you got know, to say all that shit on here, but you know what I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went to. I think you have a wiki page. I think you were born ten years after me. I think I saw like when you were born, and I was like, oh, he's born in ten years after me. I'm thirty eight. Thirty eight. All right. And um, and so you're born and raised in Mount Vernon, Illinois. And have you ever left?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I uh. I was uh 15 back in the day called full contact fighter it was actually a newspaper uh um uh, news thing that went out like a magazine kind of it was like a newspaper form and it would go out uh in in the 90s and you, you could get a, a subscription to them and one would come a month so uh, i would write all the people they would put their names and the addresses of their gyms at the bottom so i would write every person that was in there uh I was just training in the grass at the time with my brother. We would buy VCR tapes, and we would just roll around in the grass and get any of the kids in the hood that I would in to come over and train with us and uh, uh, go to the power the gyms and try to get those guys. But uh, one time, a guy finally wrote me back, and he said I could come out for the summer. If, uh, if my parents could pay for the plane ticket, he would take care of all the food, and I could live with him. His name was Eugene Jackson, and he lived in Palo Alto, California.
0: So not not
2: too too far from you
0: up there. Though. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was very close trip. to me. Very close to me. Thirty minute drive. Yeah. So I was really excited when he wrote, I was like, Man, it's gonna be
2: Pamela Anderson, you know, on the beach and all this stuff. It's California. And then when I got up there, I looked up Palo Alto on the internet. It was like Stanford University and all this amazing, amazing shit. And then when I got there, East Palo Alto was a little bit different. It was more like Mount Vernon. So uh they told me, look, you can't go outside after 5 p.m. here, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, it gets a little rough. There's, like, gangbanging going on. But So I just stayed in the gym the whole time. I just, like, I just spent every second in the gym training out there. Uh, it was uh, called the Gladiator Training Academy. There was a couple guys from the UFC, Eugene Jackson and Tim Lasick And uh, Mark Court was there at the time. He was, like, 17 or 18 years old. He was a couple years older than me. And uh, that, that was my that was my first, like, eye-opening experience: getting to go somewhere and train, and you know, do jujitsu with other people, and like, you know, just uh, see the world outside of Mount Vernon. So then, for the rest of my, uh, for the next several years in high school, I, I never, uh, I never stayed around for summer. I left for the whole uh, three months, and I would go out to California and uh, sleep on the mats uh, wherever I could and stay there.
0: Do you know Garth Taylor by any chance?
2: The country singer.
0: Uh no. That that was good though. Garth Taylor, that's that's where my kids go. Garth Taylor Jiu Jitsu, uh, here in.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah I, I do, I do. I know, he, I know he's, I don't know personally, but I, I I've seen them. Uh, I've seen them on there. He
0: he's fifty now. I th- I, I want to say he was one of the first whiteys to go down to Brazil and win a title. I yeah, know yeah. I. Normally I would just spout off what it, what it, what his accolades are but that's cuz I don't normally talk to anyone as knowledgeable or as deep in the community as you so I feel like confident being like cocky about it but with someone like you I'm totally neutered.
2: No no so i bear with I, me. There, there, there's a big group of guys there's a group of uh uh dudes that 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 like you know like really really black belts that went down and I think they, I'm, his name was one of the names that were on there uh it's uh I, I don't remember what is he in Santa Cruz, maybe? Something like that?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Say, say that again? You guys know of each other?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, there, there's a, Like I said, there was a big group of them, uh, uh, like just really early, early guys that were, were running around and got like, well, you know, they went down when they were like blue belt or something. They went down to Brazil and stayed, and then they all came. Eddie from on the mat, I think he was.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, yes.
2: All kind of part of that crew, yeah. So so that was training uh i I started in 93 i saw the first ufc me and my brother my dad was actually like uh took bet he was uh so i don't know if you remember uh, well you weren't even born yet yeah you're just coming out but um they used to have these little black boxes and you would take these uh it was like the first fire stick. You would put it on behind the black box, and then you could get all the pay per view stuff. So uh, yes, yes. My my dad had got one, and we actually watched the first UFC live because he was deciding whether hey, do I want to take bets on this thing? We saw a horse on there, and uh, it's
0: kind of funny. You the, wait, wait, wait. You, sorry, sorry. Hold on one second. Your dad was a bookie. Say that again.
2: Well, that's that, that, that's allegedly. That's that's not. You said that. I just said that. you going to take bets or not. But uh, okay. No. So, uh, yeah, he, he uh, so we watch all the sports. We had several TVs in the house. There's a lot of sports going on. And, uh, that was the first one he was really big into boxing, you know, those were the Mike Tyson times. So, you know, that was like, uh, you know, probably the greatest time, you know, of Vander Holyfield, Mitch Lewis. And it was, it was just like a, 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 a wonderful, and sports all together, you know, the Dallas Cowboys had those huge teams and they were, you know, amazing. And Michael Jordan, I don't know, he always, uh, not that they're not incredible now, but those were just really great times, you know what I mean, for yep, sports, yep. you know. And uh, sports fans were different, then too, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, now it's it's more about, like, putting your team on your your Facebook profile. But back then, you know, people were, like, driving, like, 10 hours and sleeping outside to get tickets, you know, a week before. I don't know. T- just different times, I guess. I don't know. But maybe it's the same, you know. But uh, things are just a little bit easier now, I think, when it comes to you know being being a fan of something. It's easier to support something by just uh you know talking about it on social media rather than you know getting out and you know putting your feet on the ground and I don't know, it is what it is but guys supporting. if
0: you're just to tu- if you're just tuning in now this is Heath pedigo Heath not health like your computer is gonna want to auto correct it Heath pedigo P-E-D-I-G-O you should look him up and more importantly than then, Humble Heath, you should look up this documentary. Uh, it's on YouTube now. Not all the parts, but the first five parts. I just watched it with my uh, two four-year-old sons and my six-year-old son. They were completely – I was actually surprised at how into it they were. Um, I. It's called a Daisy Fresh, an American Jiu-Jitsu tale or story. Just type in Daisy Fresh, and American, and it will pop up. You will want to watch this. Um, whether you're into jujitsu, whether you're into fighting, whether you're into it, it's a, it's a, it covers every base, this story. It's a, it's a story about young men. It's a, it's a modern day, um, coming of age. It's everything. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like, it's like the lost boys, but without vampires, it's good shit, man. It is really, and you'll leave watching this movie, believing in yourself and believing a little bit more in uh, humanity and what, how good people behave and what they can do. Uh, he, so, so you're 15 years old. I, I want to go back a little bit younger than that. Um, to, and I did see your interview about that, about how you went to that seminar when you were 15 and you paid $150 and it was shit. And that kind of made you, um, never want to do a shit seminar. And by the way, I really, uh, admire that. Um, so you're eight years old or nine years old and you watch UFC one. Is yeah, that, we, we, I, was, I was 10 and we watched, I think it was in November of 93 if I remember
2: right Nah. As soon as I saw it, it's kind of funny. Uh, everybody else who kind of talks about when they got to jiu-jitsu and they saw Hoist Gracie, uh, they, they, they always, in their minds, they say, oh, you know, I saw this little skinny guy. But the way I saw it was I saw this huge, gangly, giant guy that was uh, slow. And I thought, man, if someone would just learn how to wrestle, and sprawl they could just punch him and they could just beat him up so uh it was the opposite of what everybody else thought no he 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 was amazing you know a huge pioneer for us and uh i don't mean that in a disrespectful way towards him but that's the way that i saw it i just thought man you could be a contender in this if you could just wrestle and keep keep it on your feet and you could punch the guys and uh you know we we did that being from the midwest my brother wrestled uh you know what I mean? Everyone kind of wrestles, even if they don't, they wrestled in high school, you know what I mean? So it's like, everybody just kind of had like gritty, uh, you know, if they didn't wrestle their brother or their cousin wrestled and beat the shit out of him all the time. So everybody knows about wrestling. You know what I mean? And uh,
0: how old's your brother? Is he older or younger?
2: He's like 150 years old. He's, he's what he's failed. If anyone's a vampire, that would be him. He's like since he was 20, uh, he's 40, 45, 46. So, uh, so he was a lot he was older than me. It doesn't sound like that much now, but, you know, when you're kids, when you're, uh, when you're 12 and they're 20, that means ass whoopings every day. You know what I mean? It's like uh, – and he's a big guy. He's, like, a really big, strong – you know, uh, if, if he was four inches bigger, he could have played in the NFL, one of those type of dudes. He's, like, a complete physical specimen. So everyone that he would bring over, he would meet at the, like, weightlifting gym. So all the guys that I would practice on were these big, like, heavy-hitting, like – 500 pound bench press guy so i was constantly on bottom and we actually didn't just do regular jiu-jitsu we uh we did like a uh, valley to do like no holds barred every time so there was no headbutting, but everything else we that they would punch and so they would just constantly like, get on top of me and just beat the shit out of me they would punch me and uh slam i mean we were in the grass so uh so we were training for the for the ufc basically at the time you know it's kind of funny because when people say now like oh i train ufc but and in our mind, it's kind of like what we were doing. You know, we, we didn't have a coach. We didn't have, um, I had a couple of books that I would buy and would save up all the money I could. And then uh, I, w- I would get VC tapes. And um, most of the times they were in uh, Portuguese. Or the My favorite ones are always in Japanese. So I never knew what the hell they were saying. But I would just pause, rewind, and then the fucking VCR would eat the tape. And I'd have to get out and fix it. But that was pretty much uh, my life from 10 to uh, like was just watching VCR tapes and then uh, anytime that I could ever go anywhere and train, I would like go and uh, I always told the guys now uh, when I was there, so it's like if you had me to your gym, it's like Garth where your kids go and have me to his gym I would hide in the corner and I would clean not only everything that I did but everything everyone else did so it's like I would make sure that no one knew I was there, that way I could never wear up my you know, I would just clean up after everyone else all the time, I just always thought, you know, like, hey, that's the least that the most that you could do is just uh you know what I mean just keep everything clean so you know I, I wanted to stay there I just wanted someone to ask me hey stay here permanently and uh Dan from Tap Out the guy who Tap Out clothing cool, Dan Caldwell uh, podcast he uh actually when I was uh 16 he actually kind of told me uh I mean they didn't say drop out of school but they said, you're out here in California with us I was sleeping on his couch at the time uh and I think they had like maybe one, maybe a two-bedroom at the biggest. He had five kids, and uh, I was sleeping on the couch, and like his his kids were like sleep on the couch with me, and they were selling the t-shirts out of the trunks, though. It's like uh, him and Charles, uh, and uh, he told me, "Man, just move out here." And uh, you know they, they were um, they were ex-cops at a uh, Indian reservation. Uh, Sam Manuel was the name of it, and uh, they told me, "Man, just dude, move out here and just be a part of this." And my mom was a school teacher. And she told me, "Look, you know, you can't do that. You got to finish school, and you know the old, yeah, you got to go to school and you got to go to college to be successful. You know, and yeah, that, that's all she ever knew." So,
0: yep, um, yep, sounds like my parents.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so I, they they wanted me to take that route, and then kind of passed. And I think I think everyone from Tapout just all sold their their, their pieces. Of that. For, I don't know, like ten million each. So not, I missed the boat on that one. But uh, those those guys were really, I uh, mean, they they were really while I was out there. They, they, they took me around to train at a lot of different places. I mean, a guy named Scott Prophet that was out there, and uh, they um, I, I, th- that was the second uh, year that I came out. So I was uh, out around, like, the San Bernardino kind of area, and uh, I got to train at a lot of gyms and get a lot of different looks, uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, that was kind of the first time that I, you know, you know they, they said, hey, this is a ghee gym, so I'd get a ghee and put it on, and then I realized I didn't know shit all over again, and I needed to start all over, so that was really...
0: Wait, a- wait, say, say go back to that. When was the first gym you had a gi at? S- say that, you were 16, and which gym was that?
2: Uh, if Pedro Carvalho, I think, was the first the first, uh, the first, first guy that I'd ever put the gi in at his gym. He had a gym in Rancho Camonga, California, and that's... that's yeah, the, that's yeah. The, the man and all the guys I trained at, so uh, they was... Uh, you can come over here and get this.
0: They, they, all, they all just stopped by here look at... Uh, you know what? I actually can't see you for some reason on your end. Um, the video dropped. Can you still see me? I haven't been able to see you since the beginning of the show. Yeah, it I Breaks my heart. Okay.
2: We're going to have one of the boys. I'm, I'm, like, uh, I'm slow when it comes to this stuff, so they got to set it up. George, George will come look at this. So
0: oh, if it's them? okay. I, I'm sure it has to do with the software I'm using. There he is. Man, people, as soon as I told people I was having you on, Heath, people were wanting this hillbilly on. So many DMs pouring in, get the hillbilly on. There he is. There he is. <laughs> Ask, isn't the world magical? People just want to see him, and there he is. They
2: yeah, just exactly. they
0: they get their wish.
2: If you have a vision, it's truly really, you really have it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can just uh you can accomplish that. I think by you know make it happen before you physically make it happen. So I think uh it worked in this case. I don't know. I've been doing it trying to win the lottery, but that <laughs> but we'll uh you know vision in
0: it so. This, this documentary, um, Daisy Fresh, an American Jiu Jitsu story, watch it on YouTube. Uh, all three of the gentlemen who you've seen on this podcast are in the show. There's something about it that I really like. And um, it's just, it's real. Oh, everyone says everything's real. Fuck you, Sevon. No, I'm serious. Like, the, even the, I, I wonder what they left on the cutting room floor because this is really raw and authentic. And the, this is what young men are really like. They have, in the first five episodes, you see pretty much exactly how young men really are. Except you don't see a lot of women in there, and that. And, and I am curious how how they manage the women thing. But this is a um, this is some authentic shit. These are boys who are bonding. If you don't give boys something to do, like Heath is giving these boys something to do, boys will do bad shit. Boy, men between the age of sixteen and thirty five need to be kept busy, people. And if you don't you you are you're 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 creating havoc for all of society, not just for the boys, for all of civilization. Many and and it's 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 fascinating seeing how hard if you let people if you give people the space and the love and the belief in them and you give them a good peer group and and a, and a lot of healthy peer pressure, this is what happens. It's yeah, so, so cool, so cool. You, you, yes,
2: you, you you really you really hit the the you nail, know, uh, the, the, the head on that man. It's like uh, so me when I was around that age, like young fifteen i was meaner than fuck. i was like uh the opposite of everything that, that like i i stand for now that i want everything that you just said all positive stuff idle hands man like when i was young i was like uh you know we had like a little youth street gang that i was in and we'd run around we just would terrorize man we were like mean and when i didn't have the jiu-jitsu stuff before i was like just completely obsessed with it. right around like uh 14 15 i know you're thinking like what could a kid from 10 to 13 do? Uh, they can do a lot of wild shit. You know what I mean? It's like just neighborhood kids, but
0: like what, like shooting dogs with BB guns and breaking windows and sitting on the side of the street and like tying trash cans to the backs of cars and then watching them drive away. Just shit like that. Or even yeah, crazier yeah. shit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then neighbor guys have you deliver packages on your bikes. We you 500 bucks. And, uh, right. Uh, finding, finding guns out in the weeds that people had uh, shot people with and dropped. And, uh, you know, you know, just wild. Mount Vernon's a wild place, man. So it's, uh, it's, 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 there's a lot of poverty in, and uh, uh, I grew up in that, uh, in that area. We, uh, in the school that I went to, they, they find asbestos in the school and, uh, it was on Monday. They announced, Hey, there's not going to go anymore. And there were probably like, there were probably like seven or eight white kids. And the rest of the rest of the school was black. And, uh, they said, "Hey, there's asbestos in the school." On Tuesday, they tore the school down. It was completely on the whole thing. So I can't. Oh. Yeah, it was like who? Maybe that's why I'm so nuts now. But uh, it was like that, that's what I'm saying. You know, in, in those types of neighborhoods, it's like um, you know. And we didn't leave when I was a kid. Like uh, we we didn't. You don't leave the neighborhood. You know, you kind of didn't go to the other side of town, which I know that sounds, that sounds crazy in such a uh, you know such a small place. But uh, you know, you, you just when you grow up and you don't know any different you know it's uh like, like you said idle hands that really is true especially with like young young men man, you know it's uh uh most of the girls that i went to school with at, at, at that age you know that they were pregnant when they were uh you know 14 15 and uh all my friends that like lived on my block now they're like uh they're dead or they're, they're you know they're doing like long prison sentences some of them are just now starting to get out and it yeah, uh, the bigger that the show got, and the bigger that the gym, the jiu jitsu got, I would I would get the opposite from uh, the community that I grew up in. It was more like, "Oh, you're you're a sellout. You're uh you know what I mean." It's like instead of being happy and saying, "Hey man, you know like
1: and
2: it's not like anymore. It's like you know because I still get involved. I still go down there, and you know, like because now they have kids. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, a lot of the guys that I grew up with, they're not really in their kids' lives. But they, you know, I just get down there and like you know just uh you know link up with everyone in that community and get them involved in the gym and uh yeah for a long time though that 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 community kind of gave me the oh you know that was kind of the to to, to leave and go somewhere else and you know uh you know you're not down when you know in the hood sometimes it's not the guy who makes and is, is a surgeon or a doctor that's not the person that people have respect for but the guy who banging and selling dope on the corner that has, you know, uh, the cars and the money that's who gets the clout sometimes for the kids. You know, it's really, it's true. And, uh, when you grow up like that, you don't want to be, um, you don't want to be a doctor, you know, or a a teacher, someone who's going to give back amazing shit to the community. And, uh, you know, you, you want to be the person who has the most street credit. And unfortunately, that's never usually a good thing. You know what I mean? But, uh, so, you know, it's a, you've got to find the balance in between those two things. And, uh, you know, so I just try to get down there so like I said. And uh, actually, uh, I passed out flyers uh, a couple years ago for the gym. I said, anyone that lived from this street to this street can train for free. And I would wow. constantly go down there. And actually, not one person showed up for a year. Not one. I couldn't get anyone to come. And then finally started coming in. And we had a really, right before COVID, the really killer kids program. And we were, I like to get them about, uh. So you got to get these kids that are really rough, man. You got to get them before 12. Like when I was 12, we were already kind of set and doing the things that we were doing. You know, you kind of, you look up to the people you look up to. So right around that 9, 10 age, man, if you can get them there, you can really make a really big difference. And uh, not that you can't when they're 12. That's not what I'm saying. It's just a little bit younger. You know, you, you can really make changes and, you know, you can change lives. And, uh, you know, if their friends see them doing everyone just wants to be a part of something. You know what I mean, and right at right at that age, they're 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 ready to be loyal to anything, whether it's gang banging, selling dope, uh, uh, being a policeman, being a part of a team, you know, being part of community, whatever it is, they're ready. They just want someone to love them, and they want to be loyal to something. And uh, you know, it's I think it's a really important time to, to, to get them in life so they can you know, have a positive impact on well themselves first, and then and then everyone else.
0: I, I, I want to I wanna say three things, uh, address three things you just said. So uh, I don't believe in, in God at all whatsoever, um, but I'll tell you, the listeners, a truth. If you despise someone, talk shit about someone, God will make sure you never be that person. If you look down at successful people, if you're jealous of successful people, if you hate on Jeff Bezos for going to space, you are never going to space. Stop hating on people because I promise you God will make sure you never make it there. When the guy drives by in the Lamborghini, don't talk shit about him. Be like, wow, he must have worked really hard for that. I wonder what his secret is. I'm so happy that human beings are able to afford these beautiful things. And remember all the jobs that creating that Lamborghini and innovation that went into it and souls and love and power, the, de- the details in the paint, the engine, the way the door closes, all of that. Stop hating on people. God will not give you success if you hate on the successful. And that's okay, why someone doesn't know. believe in God. So I don't know how God does that, but I, I believe in that kind of God. Uh, free. When he says he's giving jiu-jitsu away free, he's not giving it away free. He's paying for it. His students are paying for it. There's nothing free. This man is doing it for other people. And the third thing is, is what you said about 12-year-olds, and this is more of a question for you. My son goes to a tennis instructor who's serious as a heart attack. I have my kids do uh, tennis uh, three to five days a week, martial arts five days a week, and skateboarding seven days a week. Keep them busy, busy, busy. And I have three boys, two four-year-olds and a six-year-old. And the tennis instructor told me that the worst thing that can happen to a tennis player is the desire to want to win. Because once you start wanting to win, there's such a steep learning curve and learning all the technique and the strategy that once you start wanting to win, you start abandoning technique and strategy, and you start getting sloppy and put winning ahead of uh, skill. And he says in the, that's the hurdle for a 12-year-old boy or a 12-year-old girl. Between 12 and 13, their desire to win interferes with their ability to learn. So I wonder if you need to get them before 12 because at 12, they don't have the humility that's needed to be good at jiu-jitsu. What do you think?
2: No, I, th- I think that's exactly it. Text that comes up. Yeah, I think that's exactly what. I th- uh, it's just that you're so impressionable, you know. Still at that, j- just below that, you know. I think you start to kind of become a, a man or a- or a or a woman when when you right around that that age, you know. I think you know they, they start to kind of hit puberty and they-, they start to really identify with who they're really going to be in life. You know what I mean? And I think I think that's kind of it. Uh, I think that's. I, I, you know, for me, I just did it by, uh, by uh, you know, a failure, you know, like uh, I, I just uh, tried with everyone that I could. And that just kind of seemed like the age where, you know, I had a lot of success was right around that 10 12 area. It doesn't mean that a kid can't come in and be 15 and, you know, be incredible and he changes life. It's just on a big scale. I think that's when they make major, major uh, you know, decisions in their life. And uh, I, I think it, if you can get in there and, and do that. That's when uh, that, that that that's when you can really make the most change for them.
0: Uh- I know I've said it a bunch of times. I don't usually plug someone this much. You guys have to see this documentary. The first five parts are out. There's tons of ancillary videos coming out from the entire crew now, but you got to get in and watch these first five. And they're called Daisy Fresh An American Jiu Jitsu story or tale. There's episodes one through five that are free on YouTube. It sounds like if you want to like get ahead of the curve and you're not a cheap fucker like me, you can actually go to flow grappling. They did an amazing job. And I started following flow grappling. I can't believe I'd never followed them before. Um, but, the first five episodes are out. They're thirty to forty minutes long. I'd say fifty minutes long. Watch them with your kids. They're awesome. They're fantastic. Um, and uh, Heath Pedigo, who we have on right now, is—I don't know—I don't know. I, don't know we're, I, we're, I guess we're forty minutes in, and we still don't know the story because I'm just too excited to get to it. But I'll try to dig in right here. How? Tell me about the start of this gym. So uh, this exact gym, no detail is too much, by the way, no detail is too much. So uh, when, when I, uh, when my
2: brother and I first saw the first UFC, we decided like uh, right on the spot for me, I I knew, and at 10 years old, this is what I wanted to do. Um, not as much, I just wanted to be involved with, um, with that, you know, it was like, we had already boxed and, and uh, we, we had already been, we were rough kids, you know, we were already constantly like you know, like mixing it up on the street and like running around. We were just kind of rough, you know, my, my, my dad, was a, he, he was a little rough. So it was like, and all his friends were around and, you know, we were really big boxing and watching that. And uh, so the second that I saw it, I thought, man.
0: Was your dad uh, in a motorcycle gang? No. Okay. They, just uh,
2: Didn't even have a motorcycle. He's a, uh, uh, he, yeah, he's a rough guy though, so for sure. <laughs> he definitely like, uh, it's a, uh, we would uh hey, my dad would he, he would be at you know and like he, he was uh, have you seen a bronx, a bronx tale i think that's what it is where they're or maybe good where all the guys are down in the basement and they're all like gambling and the kids like you no know, like uh, there's like drink you know these like the kids shooting the dice for him that that was my life like growing up like you know being around that and seeing that stuff and uh, uh so anyway we see we see if we see the ufc when i was 10 and i just immediately wanted to like wrestle around and, and, and do jiu-jitsu all the time and at that point, in, in my life i hadn't really uh thought about like wrestling you know I me mean, i thought more about like the jiu-jitsu but i saw hoist do that so i was like man i want to learn all the stuff that that guy knows so i uh, i saved up a bunch of money and it was like eight bucks a month to get this newsletter that the gracie sent out so i uh Send that off and I got that. And then when it started coming, I was like, man, this is kind of bullshit. It's more like self-defense. And I feel like, uh, I don't know a lot of the stuff that I would get into, like in the magazines, it just seemed like everyone was just trying to make money off of each other. You know what I mean? It was like, man, which I get, I I, I get, I understand it, but that, that wasn't me. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to, uh, you wanted to learn how to fight. I wanted to learn how to fight and I wanted to help teach people how to fight. And I wanted to get a bass team and, you know, uh, and I wanted to, to kind of get, at, not necessarily get out of Mount Vernon, but I wanted to get out there and just, you know, like test myself against other people in other countries and other places. And, uh, you know, so, you know, living in California, it's such, you know, while I was out there, there there's a big difference. Uh, you know, being from there, it's like you're already almost in another country in another place, you know, than the rest. When you're in the Midwest, it's just, it's so small and... I think it's easy for people to get trapped and feel trapped when they, they live in these tiny, tiny towns, you know, they almost seem like black holes sometimes no matter and that that's just a human, uh, that's just a human thing too. You know, people, uh, it's really easy to, to, you know, the, the governor in your brain constantly gives you excuses like, Hey, you know, go home. It's easier there. You know, people, you know, so-and-so can get you a job. And, uh, so, you know, it's scary. It's scary to fucking get out and, uh, you know, make things happen. And, uh, you know, not make excuses. And, and it's tough to do that. But right at 10, man, I already, I already wanted to, to leave and go and learn and be like a samurai and learn as many gyms as I could and just soak up everything. And uh, I have these notebooks, I still have them today. There's like, there's hundreds. Man. It's like front to back. And it's like, a, it's like, you know, a rain man room. It's like if someone else read them, I don't even think they would be able to understand them. It's like, I would write on them uh, upside down, and, uh, you know, when I was laying down stretching, and it's just all these plans that I had and all these moves that I wanted to learn, and, you know, they're, like, uh you know, uh, just, like, you know like, like, webs of, okay, if it starts here, it goes there, and it goes there, and I would I would just watch these VCR tapes and, and, and make this shit up. So I would get the neighbors, and the neighbor kids would come over, and they realized it would, I wouldn't want to come. So my brother and I would pay them, you know, we'd give them a couple dollars to, like, let us uh, try on them and wow just, yeah yeah just kind of like kept growing and literally we tried to get anyone that that, that that we could uh you know to come in and uh, uh train with us well by come in i mean train out in the grass uh and then my brother worked a job for like uh hey
0: were other kids to, um allowed at your house like were the other parents like oh shit you can't go over to the the pedagogues' house those fucking guys are crazy yeah it,
2: yeah you're exact,
0: exactly
2: exactly <laughs> we my dad, had a family
0: like your family on the block i know yes, i know yes, the rules mind. about your house
2: it's kind of funny though you know my, my, my dad, i don't know how to turn this off
0: it's okay it's my show you can you can even take the call you want to take the call it's fine we're you easy know, here
2: we're easy i'm, I'm, I'm on i'm on a, uh, alejandro's computer and he, uh, he's got a lot of late friend so he keeps getting buzzed and, <laughs> they, kind of so george actually does anyone who's seen our youtube channel it's uh, it's it's done really well i think in like four months it got like twenty thousand <laughs> subscribers i guess that's a lot i don't know much about
0: it's people. a lot
2: it's a lot it's so good it's kind of funny in my mind he works so hard on doing the stuff i mean he literally does it all by himself he doesn't have any help and uh, four months ago he had never touched a camera he'd never touched a computer and basically got like a a YouTube uh, book for dummies, basically, and he just learned how to to make these videos and shoot. This and is everything. gorgeous, George. Yep, yep, all, all by himself. So anything that's on there, um, Alejandro's brother w- works out in Hollywood actually, and he uh, he he had helped with the first couple, and then after that, George just completely does it all by himself. So sometimes he'll be editing for like you know literally like thirty hours to kind of yep. to, to kind of make those videos and and, and do stuff. So uh, I but, know that uh, world. Yeah, yeah. So it's he's he's really amazing. Without him, we couldn't do any of that stuff because I'm like uh, illiterate when it comes to all this computer stuff. But uh, anyway, so uh, uh, yeah. So so my 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 dad and, and mom they're, they're 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 wonderful people though. Man, it's like the, growing up, they like buy everything for everyone in our community. New shoes for all the kids, and we didn't have any. But uh, they would. Uh, Are your
0: parents still alive?
2: Yeah, they're still alive, still together, still like the, the literally, literally the. Uh, the most, uh, opposite couple that you can imagine. He's like a wild, like he's got the balls of a 17 year old still, you know, he's like a, uh, aggressive. And like, uh, my mom's like this, she's like Amish almost. She's like the sweetest lady. All she's ever done. Uh, her entire life is just give, 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 man. She was a school teacher for about 42 years and she wow. has six, six days of work in 42 years. Uh, she had two years of sick days when she, um, would excuse me when she retired she had two six sick, sick days and uh she actually like donated them she didn't uh she didn't get anything for them you know so she she gave her crazy. life crazy yeah she would just teach i mean she would she was in a really really poor community and uh she would uh she would pick these kids up walking to school you know when it was uh, she would go over to their house you know, they would have like lice or they would, you know, have just parents that were on drugs and she would go over to their house and clean their houses and, you know, b- buy them new clothes. I remember going out to her school and I would randomly see kids that would have shirts that would say like pedigo on the back of them. Like, mom, fuck, that's my baseball shirt. You know, and she and she would. Always <laughs> yeah, she, she would always tell us uh, the same I thing. Love it. <laughs> Look, you're good looking kids you're you're athletic you got a lot going on you don't need that stuff it's just stuff they need you know they, they don't even have a dad they don't they don't have a mom so at christmas time we would buy presents we'd pick the stuff out we wanted. and a lot of times mom and dad they would wrap the stuff and they would just give it away to other people you know what i mean so it was like uh that kind of became what what our what our life was like and uh uh but you know at the time when i was a kid i was like man sucked you know what i mean but, you know now looking back yeah exactly yep. what they were doing which is kind of like uh you know what i'm doing with the gym so i think that just all kind of comes from uh you know no matter how wild dad was and how, how sweet and great mom was i think just a, a lot of that's like a you know kind of kind of thing. and uh you know without them i might not have the mindset that i do you know want to get all these these guys and it's not just you guys uh we have guys show up that are forty. You know, they just went through a divorce and they they, they work.
0: I saw the cop that you trained, the guy who won the the masters and what in all the belts except in, he only has black to go, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys, man. You know, they'll be. Uh, you know, you never really know what you want to do in life. It's like you ask people, and they're they're like they're like forty years old. And you, you know what. Do you- than they always have the same joke. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think, you know, as humans, we kind of run around in life and half the time. I, I Sometimes I wonder if anybody knows what the hell they're doing. You know what
0: I mean? No, they don't. They don't. I, I, I have this talk on my podcast all the time. I never knew what I wanted to be. And then my wife wanted kids. My girlfriend of 20 years wanted kids. And so we had kids. And this is the first time I've ever felt – being a dad is the first time where I, I like – because people will be like, I'm, I've made 10 movies, you know, and I've never called myself a movie director. I have four movies that are in the top 10 all time on iTunes for documentaries. I still wouldn't call myself a director. I don't think of myself as, a, as much of a photographer uh, and I've, or editor, and I've done all that stuff. I'm a master at that stuff. But when I became a dad, I'm like, fuck, I'm a dad through and through. And this podcast thing, I actually feel like I'm kind of like a podcaster. But I've never, I never knew what I wanted to do. I agree no, that- with you. Never. I
2: don't I don't think anyone does. I think you just kind of go through life. And sadly, I think people go through their entire life sometimes and they just never figure it out, you know, they become, uh, you know, you, you work at a factory and, and that, it's OK, you know, it's OK to do that. You know, what I mean, it's. Uh, it's
0: but, did uh, you want to be a good person, Heath? When did you did you want to be a good person?
2: When I was a kid, I wanted to be a gangster. And, and then, then uh,
0: and then something happened and you don't want to be now you want to be a good guy. Man, my, my friends just started getting killed and uh,
2: you know, they, they, they just they they were constantly in trouble. I've actually never tasted alcohol in my entire life. It was like a, interesting enough. I, I had a I had a friend who his dad just beat the shit out of him. And the, the, the I never understood dad was such a nice guy. He was an amazing guy. But when he would drink, he would come home and just beat his ass, man. And we were really little and uh I'll, I'll never forget, uh, I, I would I would uh, I would be over there, and he would come home, and then he, he would tell me, hey, you need to leave. And I would always remember the way that he smelled, you know. And then for me, in my mind, uh, I remember the first time they, they tried to, to, to get me to, like, t- taste alcohol. And I was probably, like, seven or eight years old and uh, some older guys in the neighborhood. And I remember that smell was the same exact smell that my friend's dad had. And I was never interested because of that. It was and that always stuck with me in life so which is a great thing because i would probably be completely nuts you know if i i would have drink and been in trouble
0: you've um, never had alcohol in your life
2: never tasted it even if it was put on something and I, I, I i've never tasted it it's, uh, and i'm not, I'm not I'm like uh, anti-alcohol it's just for me human it's not something that i'm interested in and uh, so much bad shit
0: it's stupid it's pretty stupid
2: uh, I would see so much bad shit, you know, and I always felt like people needed, they, they the only reason they needed alcohol is because like we said, they just don't know what the fuck they're doing or the, the, the way that they feel. They can't control like their, you know, their, their emotions as a human and they need help doing that. And uh, I just think, I always thought there's, there's other directions. Mine was like jiu-jitsu, you know, and like fitness. Like if I felt that way, if I felt anxious, i just run 10 miles. And uh, I'm talking about when, when I was uh, 10 or 11 or 12 years old, I would just go out and do pull-ups or basketball or run around, go swim, whatever it was. I just never wanted to. Uh, man, so I'm going to say that. something.
0: I'm going to say something really crass here. I apologize. Alcohol is for you've been with a girl for three years and you're afraid to eat her pussy. So you should probably drink a little and get to it. That's what alcohol's for. Just to like, and like, that's I, it. It's a medicine. It's a medicine, but it's, it's, but this drinking and watching football is just, it is just idiocy
2: so when i was a kid i didn't wait three months to eat the pussy i just went after it the first day so i didn't need right it all. right
0: so you didn't yeah. need alcohol
2: yeah no i never needed it man i was just right. i was just i was just ready to go but i'm, I'm really i was lucky.
0: scared i was scared i needed a little alcohol to eat the pussy i was scared but 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 it's a medicine like that it's like it's like good like that it's sure good like I mean, that I mean,
2: and that's kind of always how I, I thought of it in my mind. I just thought, man, I, I just I noticed with my friends that they would get nervous, or it's about like, hey, you know, we're gonna mix it up with these other dudes, and then they would drink, and I was just, I was just always kind of ready to go, you know what I mean? So,
0: did you ever smoke cigarettes?
2: No, my dad smoked our whole life, so uh, basically through him, I smoked my whole life. But no, I, I've never I never smoked, um, never smoked cigarettes. I've never done any drugs. I've never. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I've I've just never done any of that shit, man. And it's kind of funny there, there wasn't a whole lot of reasons other than that, that I didn't, I just, you know, I just had, I was so infatuated with wanting to learn, um, everything about like traveling and about jujitsu and, uh,
0: you know, what made something. you think you were good enough to open your own dojo? I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm afraid I'm going to lose you and not get some of these questions answered. I apologize. No, 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 what made uh, you think you were good enough to – I, I, I kind of want to go back and talk about when you got your first gi and how you got promoted up to a black belt. But but I'm really curious. How, what gave What gave you the self-confidence to be like, okay, I'm going to rent this fucking dilapidated building and I'm going to start training people in it? What made you think you were good enough to do that, to give back like that? <laughs>
2: I think from the from the beginning, man. I just uh, that that's what we did, you know. We we already were like teaching, uh, you know, twelve thirteen years old because. So I, I guess I didn't really ever know any better than to uh when, when it was just me and my brother and then whoever. Else, you
0: had to teach people, or else you had no one to train with.
2: Yeah, that that was it, I, you know. And and then we started kind of getting some wrestlers, and then I wanted to show wrestlers the you know the the jitsu stuff from the bottom, like the submissions and the sweeps, and then so I just kind of was always teaching, even so I actually don't believe like yeah someone needs to be a black belt to open a gym I understand the perspective on that I understand where they're trying to come from but in uh, and, and today it's a lot different you now you, you can you can especially in California you can walk 15 feet and there's a new gym out there and you know there's there's something you know out here it was like there there was just nothing man there was nothing like that there was actually a time when um when tap out called sponsored me so wow Dan had reached out to me from Top Clothing. I took a bus out to uh, out to Connecticut for the North American Graphic Championships. And uh, I was 15 and I took a bus out there and it was like 30 hours each way. And I had never, th- this th- this was the first, this is before I went to California. This is the first time that I had left. And uh, the bus went through like New York City and I had layovers and I remember walking around and uh, and just, uh, th- that was probably the big most eye open experience in my life just seeing other people and hearing the way that they talk talk different you know what i mean and i had heard people from like kentucky come up you know they, like 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 the hillbilly hammer you know they sound a little bit different but out in new york everyone was like you know they were kind of like brash and it, it was like a the the different thing was um in, in the big cities no one gives shit about it. it's like you just don't exist when they're walking by if they bump yeah you, it's and where i'm from even though the people are hard they're kind though too. If you need to get out, they would like. You. If your car broke down on the side of the road, fifteen people would stop in the traffic and they would push your car. That's just—it's just like a way of life in the West. Not wonderful, wonderful people everywhere. It's just sometimes in the bigger cities, in the bigger states, people are just—they're in a big fucking hurry to go nowhere. You know. What I mean?
0: And they're like, scared. And they're scared. Everyone in the city scared. It's yeah, a bunch it, of pussies. I, I don't, I shouldn't call them pussies cause I kind of feel sorry for them, but everyone's so scared these days yeah. that everyone's afraid they're going to scratch their, their break a nail. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, a,
2: you know, and I, I think the small towns in the Midwest are just, they, they never, they never moved forward, you know, on the, uh, 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 well, that would be moving backwards actually, but you know, you know what I mean? They just, uh, there's still just a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of community still, you know, if you see someone that's struggling and, uh, uh, you know I see stuff all the time like uh, on um if uh, I, I don't use social media very much but if i if I see on facebook i'll get a notification like uh you know like so and so needs help in the in the the public community thing you know and every time I look at it you know it's usually like uh someone's on drugs and they're asking for stuff for their kids but and now hundred and fifty people are on there and saying like we can go to goodwill we can get you a couch we have an old cat it Just seems always open to helping other people you know and uh I think the lesson that the world could uh you know that they could take from that that like the southern hospitality thing you know that's real it really exists And uh it does exist yeah it does you know and you're just smiling and telling someone you know hey you know have a good day you know just being kind and uh you know dude life's already so hard you know I mean it's even harder when some you know someone's a fucking asshole no reason you know you can see people you can just look at people usually you know not to fuck with them you know or that they're 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 just unapproachable and that's the that yep. i felt being at new york everyone was just unapproachable I, I wanted to walk around but you know i didn't want to get lost you know so I, I just kind of went out there anyone that i would ask for help it was in union station and it was like the biggest thing that i had ever seen you know what i mean like the sea the biggest thing that i've ever seen And this was i was taking so much in man and uh i was on the way to this tournament and i had like a five hour layover there and uh, i remember i wanted to get out and kind of you know kind of walk around a lot but you know I, I was a little scared and then i I remember uh on the on the bus ride back i was i was ashamed almost that i didn't that i was there and that i didn't get out and like you know see you know some of these buildings and some of these places and i had made a map before i went i had like uh found some you know the internet barely existed then i mean You're
0: right a, right I, yeah you got to get a map from AAA.
2: Yeah, yeah, I had to go to school. You know, there was a remember the MapQuest things. You know, you'd be driving and follow and miss your fucking exit every time. It never failed, and uh, and right. I always thought that MapQuest uh, and the the Garmin GPS has always thought that they had a deal with like the hood. You know, it's like the shortcut was always taking you through a shitty neighborhood.
0: It <laughs> like uh, steal your shit.
2: Yeah, yeah. So no, anyway, that's um, I, I went out there and I did my first tournament, and I had only trained in the grass with my brother. He hadn't rented a house yet to where we could uh, train, train on the carpet. And uh, I went out and I did the tournament, and I won. And uh, when and I you won, were fifteen, I was fifteen, and I beat <clears> some <throat> of these guys from these big schools, like Henzo Gracie he had a giant school that was out there. And when I saw those names, I was almost a little intimidated. Yep. Oh man! This Wait,
0: so can- you're fifteen and you entered a grappling competition? By, and you went there on a 30-hour bus ride by yourself, and you entered and won and then, and then took the bus home?
2: Yeah, and there's this real big trophy. I still have it, actually. It's a-
0: Where did you sleep I- that night?
2: Um, actually, so I was going to just sleep, sleep outside. It, it really wasn't. That wasn't a big deal for me, you know, like at, at the time. It's uh, actually still now, even today. It's like uh, when we get hotel rooms with the guys, a lot of times, you know, there'll be 15 of them. We'll oh, nice. just sleep on the floor with the guys still. it's uh, And as horrible as that sounds to everybody that's out there, it's it's really not that bad, man. You know, it's there's just so much camaraderie, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it for me, it's always just been a part of it, man. And I think that's one of the things that sets our apart from the teams that they say, oh man, you know, like oh know, we're brothers, and you know, it's like having friends at school. You remember when you're in high school and you had someone in your class, and they were like your friend. You talked to them, you ate lunch with them, but after school and after you graduated, you never saw them again. If there wasn't a Facebook, you would never speak to them again. And yep sometimes these people are literally some of your best friends in life. You know, your, your best times enjoying life at school or like with guys like that or girls like that. That's what jujitsu for most places is like for people, you know, like they have friends at jujitsu and they use the word brotherhood and they use the word family, but they don't know shit. They don't know each other's kids. They've never been to each other's house. The boys at this gym, they're they're real friends. They're real brothers. They're closer with them, each other than most of them don't even have families anyway. So, you know, like the Jacob Couch's story, man, it's, it's such an incredible story. His mom dropped him off at the babysitter because she wanted to get high and she just never came back to get him. Never. Is that the Australian kid? That's uh, that's the hillbilly hammer. Oh, OK. So, you know, she she, she just dropped him off. And, uh, you know, so he grew up as his, his grandma, finally, like, adopted him and, and got him. And, you know, she had nothing. And, uh, she, you know, he, he grew up his entire life. You know, he, he was a child very he had no idea and uh, and i'll I'll tell you something mountain
0: dew instead of water he talked about that that shit freaks me out i'm a big anti-sugar guy i think sugar is satan and when he told me that they were giving him fucking mountain dew as a instead of water because there wasn't clean water as a kid that's that's a hard one for me to that breaks my heart
2: well, stuff right I mean, you see, and especially in the Midwest and a lot of these uh, little towns, you know, like obesity, like runs rampant, it's a, uh, it, there's way more of that in the middle of the United States than there is a, uh, wherever the Bible belt is, you can usually find really overweight, um, judgmental people. Unfortunately, it's kind of funny how those things go hand in hand, but, uh, it's, uh, they, he didn't have running water in the house until he said, I think that he was like 11 or 12 years old. So they would have a well that they would go and they would, they would put the bucket. Up and, uh, you know, when, when you hear it like that, it's like, uh, even me, it's like we, uh, we were poor, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, my mom didn't make much of being a teacher. I remember she said she started in 1974 and her first paycheck was 4,000 bucks. So Ooh. yeah, yeah. And the place that she came from was like a little tiny town, and There were like 200 people there and my dad had 15 brothers and sisters. So they were obviously like a really poor family. One of his brothers actually, at, at one point they had, a the, the their farm that they were working on apple wasn't working it was right after the depression and uh my dad's brother uh he uh he, he they were so hungry and like famine that he uh he basically started that he got pneumonia and then he died and uh so i mean they, they were from real struggle man like uh i think a lot of people in the united states don't even realize that this shit is real and that it, you know it's you know it, it still happens. oh it's real and some people just won't ask for help you know what i mean it's uh which is a curse in itself sometimes, you know what I mean? It's good to be tough and, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do all that, but sometimes sometimes people just need a little bit of help. You know, people can take advantage of getting help, but sometimes just people just need a little bit of help, man, and uh, that's, um,
0: that, that's... Unfortunately, I feel like right now, Heath, that 90% of the help people get hurts them, and I'll give you an example of this. Um, when my boy started learning how to walk, I would walk him every day, like, you know, I would walk him a mile every day in the beginning, right? And he's one years old, and it would take three hours to walk a mile. And in that mile, and I'm not exaggerating, he would fall 500 times. Every three seconds he would fall. And I would see other parents pick their kids up, but I never picked my kid up. That's not my job as a parent. He fell, and now he earned the opportunity to stand up and, and get those quads and glutes and balance and everything stronger. My job was to turn around and make sure a car doesn't hit him, alligator doesn't come out of the bushes and eat him. My job is to, to protect him while he deals with the struggles of real life and get stronger. And I feel like today's society, helping people is about picking them up. And, that's not, and, and, and what you're doing when you do that is you're stealing from people. So, no. and I don't feel like, and you do, and, and, and you do that. You do, you give people, it, it's kind of, it's, it, this is cheese dick, but my mom said it all the time. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. And that's what you've done. You've laid out a trough of water and, uh, and, and, and those who can, who want to take big gulps can come over and take big gulps. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it's fascinating.
2: It, it, it's, it's funny. We were in the airport yesterday and, uh, and, and, George Valdera, so, so George's story
0: and my kid has a huge – at six years old, my kid has a huge, muscular, bulbous ass because he fucking did 500 burpees a day his whole entire life. And I never walked over and stood him up. Sorry. You're in the – airport. sorry. You're oh, in the no. airport with George. Sorry. Well,
2: Drew, I agree with everything you It's just a little something that he said, what you're saying, remind me of that yesterday. uh. One of the parents inside, the kid, he's running in the airport, and he falls flat on his face. And not only the mom, but five other people ran over to just immediately make the kid cry. And that's what George said. And I, I, I hadn't really thought about it. But they said, oh, are you, are you okay? Are you okay? They made him upset when he fell down. Well, outside, there's a, a Hispanic family, you know, George, uh, George is from Nicaragua, and the kid's running. And this kid falls, I mean, fucking literally flat on his face. It skinned his face up. His mom told him, boy, get up. And he got up. And George looked up at me and said, that's the difference between where I'm from and here. It's literally everything you just said. And you know what? The kid, the kid got up. And he didn't even think about crying because it probably would have whooped his ass right there on the spot. Now, that's a whole other uh, conversation. But I do agree with everything you're saying. Another thing that bothers me a lot uh, is uh, I had to learn this, uh, you know, coaching at the gym. Uh, you have to be careful how much you give. So it's like, if I take these boys and I would allow them to live in the gym and just train full time and not have jobs and not go to school, they're just children of welfare. Meaning yep. Uh, people make the, the, people make the, uh, they, sometimes people think if you're poor and you grew up poor, you grew up in the ghetto, you grew up in the hood and you don't have to grow up in the hood of the ghetto to be there. You know what I mean? You can, you can be from a working class family, and not have shit. And, uh, you know, just just getting by sometimes is a harder in life. You know, being being just under middle class, like having two working class parents, sometimes that disqualifies you from any help at all, and it's barely enough to get by. That's struggling itself as well, and a lot of people don't realize that. But um, uh, you know, if if you are constantly giving, so like everyone out there who like wants to run a gym or you want whatever you have and you you want to help people, I think it's important to not, uh, mix up. People say like, Hey, so-and-so is rich. You know, a lot of people think automatically if someone's poor, that they're tough. And one thing that i found out a lot of boys that I get that are from really poor families they grew up in the project, it's actually like the opposite. They've been given everything their entire life. They're from families that weren't ever interested in working. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to say that they were just on the take. I don't know what their situation was, but you know, uh, Mom, mom maybe wasn't able to work because dad wasn't around, so he never worked. So th- there, there just wasn't a lot of work ethic there, and they kind of think that everything should be given to them or somebody owes them, you know. And uh, you know, people think rich people haven't made the, especially really wealthy people. The richer you get, and the uh, the more famous you get, or your that means more work and hard work. It doesn't mean that you get to kick your feet up because you made your first million bucks. It's not the way it works, and uh, I think that's a misconception that that sometimes people don't have much think about rich people. It's like, yeah, he's rich. He didn't have to work. Where most of the time to become rich and stay rich, or whatever word you want to use, you gotta bust your ass, man. You know, and it, the the more you get, the tougher it gets, and you know the 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 more you move up in the world, whether it be the corporate world. you know you're being self-made whatever you constantly have to keep working if you don't you lose everything that you made and
0: um the the only way that i stay rich is that i live poor
2: it's it's true
0: it it it, resonates with me 100 i live so fucking poor what does that mean that means um i have the same underwear that i've had for um 10 years but um but i have all of that money that would have cost to replace my underwear over the 10 years in the bank making interest and yeah, it's no, just, it's the way you have to do it. If you want to be, if you want, if you want to live rich, you, or if you want to be rich, you got to live poor. And, and obviously there's exceptions to the rule. There's people who are printing money, you know, who are selling Google ads. But, but for, for the most of the people you see driving like their fucking minivans around town, don't get them, don't think the guy driving the Escalade's richer than he is because, uh, they're spending their money.
2: No, for sure. And I, when it comes to being a leader, you have to have the same mindset. You know what I mean? It's like, it's easy to get up on the horse, man. And I see a lot of these, um, uh guys at tournaments and what happens unfortunately in the jiu-jitsu community uh, people make they'll open up gyms and these guys become kings of their kingdom the gym is they're the boss it's their way way. and uh that's not really uh there's a difference between you know boss and the you know what i mean it's like i and my situation part of the reason uh that people People always ask me, what, what is it about that? So I'll come in for these seminars, these camps that I do. That, that's where you heard the, the, the 30-hour seminar trajectory. Um, they, uh, they always ask me about jiu-jitsu. Like, what, are, what, what moves are you guys doing at the gym? They never ask me about the environment. And I, it's, it's kind of funny. I'll come into these, uh, these three-day camps, and they, they always want to know everything about what are the guys doing to win. It, not the physical aspects of, it. you know, what, what drills are you doing? What training are you doing? And the thing that they never asked me as coaches is what about the environment? What kind of environment, what is making people come stay? I have the same last night we had, uh, like the
0: culture days. there that they, they, they're not asking about when you say the environment, you mean like the culture?
2: Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it, it's this, it's that one. You walk into the room with your kids that your kids are a, they're telling you, Dad, we're gonna be late. We gotta go. They want to go. They want to be at this place. You know, they <laughs> they, they want to get there because it's fun and they they feel supported and their friends are there. You know, it's like they're not there. They're thinking about being at the place because it's just such a positive place. And uh, it's funny, never no, no one any they don't ever ask me about that. What what. How do we breed or build the culture that you have at the gym where people are able to grow and able to, you know, accomplish uh, things in their mind and, 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 and you know, and, and just want to keep getting better and make everyone around them better? And that kind of answers the question. But uh, they always just ask me about the physical jiu-jitsu, you know. It's like um, if you go to a tournament, we have the Nogi Worlds in two weeks. I have a list. and these lists are- Where is that at? That is in Garland. It's Dallas, Texas, basically, a little suburb. Okay. Uh, dallas so our team will go and we just we just had the nogi pans the nogi pans is the second biggest uh because of covid it had currently been the biggest like I B jiu-jitsu team thing you know like uh like there are bigger shows the flow is a bigger show but as a team of people who haven't really made it to that next stage that these tournaments the nogi pans and nogi worlds they're the biggest ones so our team the little team from mount vernon we actually won and let me tell you this works real quick say like um so, so, a lot of these teams, like Atos or Gracie Baja or Checkmat, what'll happen is they'll have 700 locations all over the world. You know, it's like they'll have a team in Venezuela, a team in Canada, a team in Rhode Island. And what happens is they take all of their points and they put them together. They don't know each other, but they all fight under one banner and they put their points there. For our team, we have a couple like small, small, like, uh, you know, clubs that, that are close. Affiliates. Yeah. Yeah, there's a guy that's an hour away or whatever, and, uh you know, he can't make it down all the time. So he opened up his own little spot and he runs it and, uh you know, help him. And he'll still drive down drive three or four times a week. So we have a couple of those. But as a whole, it's just, you know, the, the 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 team in Mount Vernon. There might be one or two competitors from, you know, like Nashville, Tennessee, where we have Jim and Franklin or just something like that. So. It's on a on a tiny level. but uh, Us going up against these huge. It's kind of to me they're like corporation gyms almost. You know they're like McDonald's and going against uh, these guys have never met each other before. You know they don't know each other. They'll they'll meet in the finals and, and they they do a thing. It's called close. That they won't go against each other. They don't even know each other. They'll be from different different. Dude, my boys at the gym when they knows they'll. they'll the, the, they'll do the magic and, and they'll try to kill each other. Because can you imagine with your brother, if you would have let your brother win the first time that you would have did something at home, your brother would have said, yeah, but I let you win. And then you'd want to kick his ass. You know what I mean? So I just tell him, look, we don't. And I, I think that that, that kind of all goes in on, on, you know, just that mindset all goes in on a scale. Dude, I, I'm just a soldier with the guys that they trust enough to be their leader. That's it. And that, that's the relationship that I have with them. It's not, I'm the boss, it's my way or the highway. I go in uh, and they know, man, I, I get it in with them.
0: You can tell, you can tell in the documentary. I, uh, I, I this isn't a, I'm not being critical by the way about saying this. I whoever made that documentary flow grappling or the producer whoever kudos to you. It, it, this is just my own bias. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of you in it just because I was curious, but I mean fuck, it's it's like you only have 50 minutes and the, and you're pretty humble, but I when I do see your relationship with them, I see it's very very free and open and it's the relationship that I want to have with my sons. Um are are you married, Heath? No, no, I, I'm I'm
2: not married. I've I've been with the, the the same same girl for a long long time though. So yeah, basically, basically. Do you have married. kids? I have two. I have two boys. They're two weeks apart.
0: You have two boys and they're two weeks apart. So two different moms. So you're like a riddle, right? Yeah, that's amazing. And is that a is that a happy family? Like did that did you manage that good?
2: Yeah, it's wonderful man. I'm involved. Uh, both the boys every single day, you know, I see like, him every day, I have a wonderful relationship with, with, uh, you know, Oh God, I love this. You know, it's like, it's just, uh, you, you got to figure all that out. It's easy. You know, it's like, uh, are the moms friends? Yeah. yeah they're, they're totally cool. And it's just all about, you know, it's, it's not, not to sound like cheap, but it's, you know, it's, no. it's, it's a, it's about man. It's a, and I think most men, especially in, in, in these situations where they'll split from their, their kid's mom, once they realize. The mom doesn't want to be with them anymore. They kind of walk away from the the, the dad role. And uh, when when uh, me and my 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 first son's mom we split up, it's she's going to be with someone else. You know, sometimes that's hard. That, that that's that's hard to eat. But at yep. the end of the day, for me, I just told her, hey, look, we we had been together for uh, you know uh, seven years, eight years. I know you're going to want to do whatever you're going to do. Just whatever you're doing. I just I, I would like Gavin. That, that's my son's name, Gavin. And I, I just uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I don't care. You don't have to talk to me, but I want him to be with your mom. If you want to go, then you just holler at me. So I constantly bugged her every second. Hey, can I uh, can I come out and pick Gavin up today? Even if that me just going out there getting him and dragging him that he lives two minutes away from the school. I get to spend that two minutes and then that two minutes becomes four minutes and then five. And then the next thing you know, it's like a couple hours a day. And then, uh, you know, and it was always been every other day for me. But I just think there's always, you know, it's kind of funny when uh, it's almost insulting to me sometimes when people say a guy said this to me the other day. I'm making it to this and he told me, well, look, man, my kids are my life. I don't think you should ever have to say that, especially to another parent. That, no shit. Everybody knows that already, you know, that your kids are your life. You shouldn't have to say that out loud. you got to figure everything else out doing that. But uh, it's uh, – I, I just – I always –
0: Explain out. that to me a little bit more. So you were asking someone, hey, why aren't you coming out to this tournament or to your class? And they said because they prioritized their kids over that. Is that what, the story? Yeah, well, yeah.
2: Everyone would do that. Well, you get the, I get that. It's offensive. I have kids, you know. So does that mean since I went to the tournament, you're a better dad than me? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So I think it's more like, and that's what I told the guy, you know, it's uh, I think, by you just saying that, you know, I don't know if you're insecure as a dad, you feel like you need to say that out loud, you know, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I just think at any situation, obviously with your dad, you get this, of course, your kids, are your life, nothing's more important than that everything that you do is, is, you know, to, to, to benefit
0: them, you know, and, uh, it's, to. to it's an honor to- having kids. It's an sure. honor, and it's the only privilege in life. Fuck all other privileges people talk about. It. You should value—raising a kid is—it's the greatest thing ever. How how old are your boys? They're 13. One was born on Friday the 13th, and the other
2: one was born on April Fool's.
0: And are they friends?
2: Yeah, they beat the shit out of each other, but yeah, friends are like— uh they're they're, they're really close they're both really really athletic they're they're like uh one's really involved in wrestling and he's just kind of like uh and the other one's really big into like you know like the midwest sports baseball basketball so they keep extremely busy uh uh and they're, they're even even the one who doesn't train he's constantly at the gym like i said the environment there the culture you know it's like uh it's like he has 50 uncles you know what i mean it's like they're since, since they've been little, they go in and they play. They, uh, even when they, I didn't want them to train when they were little. I actually wanted them to just uh, come and play at the gym. That way, always in their mind, they would always think about. They would always relate having fun and uh, an awesome place. You know, being the gym, so they'd want to go there to have a good time. So now that they're older. In their minds, they, they always ask me, "Here, we're going to run by the gym. It's just a place where they can go and you know uh, be happy and be themselves." And I think uh, I think that's important. You know, when you have kids that are training, is to to to, to make sure, as in, especially the instructors out there, I think just not about jiu-jitsu always there's so much more to it than just jujitsu. jitsu you know what i mean it's not about teaching them the stuff so they can beat the other kids in the tournament it's about you know them coming and being a part of something that's bigger than them you know it's it's uh, uh j- just being able to be happy and and uh that's the most important thing for me uh, are you gonna buy that property so i'm actually trying everything there's another so we, we we've just so grown out of it and it's like uh there were a couple of before that, that's not the first place that I had It's just like we've always gotten a little bigger.
0: Um, like the, a normal our first place. You know was, that shit would never fly in California. Someone would be jealous and come shut your shit down. You know that, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah for sure, definitely. It's uh, I'm extremely lucky to be, and that, that's where the the
0: good you're doing there would never be tolerated in California. They don't allow people to do that kind of good. And
2: it's kind of funny not- too. It's,
0: it's that's the
2: place where the people would talk the most about being good and doing. You know, so right. it's always how you know, that, uh, but I'm really lucky, man. I, I grew up in the town and, uh, the town is always known like, Hey, the pedagog brothers are like these wild, you know, they do like the, the UFC fights. And, uh, and at first back in the day, when I got sponsored by tap out, if you would have a sticker on your car, that was like a tap out sticker. The police would pull you over. It's like in their minds, we were doing like the, the Kimbo slice, uh, backyard fights, you know, cause we were training up <laughs> in New York. And, uh, right. It's literally did a complete 180. You know, it's like uh, uh, that now all the police they train at the gym and I, I really give back to uh, to, to the, the the community and they want to learn. You know, they they want uh, situations to happen where they could have controlled something and did better. You know what I mean? And uh, if if a lot of them had the same mindsets that a lot of the guys <coughs> here it would be very different. You know what I mean? It's like uh. So uh, I have a wonderful relationship with everyone in our community, all the way from the the, the, the poorest and roughest. Uh, I still go down there where I'm, you know, where I'm from originally. I go down there and I, t- I talk with everybody and, you know, and everybody from the other side of town. And uh, uh, we actually just got reached out to the downtown development center, and they're actually trying to help us get a... Uh, a bigger place it's two stories that way we can have a constant uh youth program going on all the time kids will be able to walk over from the grade school and uh so we're working on that right now if that happens oh uh, the daisy fresh is, uh when i move in there it's kind of funny i found the building and it was like just this empty old laundromat and uh i don't think it had been a laundromat for like 15 or 20 years you know in a couple like uh, yeah like uh resale shops or whatever you know tried to go in there and uh, it just didn't work out and uh, when we got at the place like american eagle like in shoe polish up on the window and stuff like and uh we when we got in there the, the landlord was from australia and i know that doesn't seem like a big deal out in california but we already had the one australian kid and, and uh not learning so having another one around it was so wild that there was another guy from australia in this tiny little town but uh so when he found out that Spatch was from Australia and that we had kind of like adopted him in, he just said, look, you can do anything with a building that you want, anything. Tear down the walls, paint it, do whatever you want. But when I came here in like the uh, the early 80s, the first business that I bought was this laundromat. So just that sign, I don't want anything to, you know, I, I need that sign. So at the time, I was like, yeah, fuck that sign, of course, you know. And now that thing has kind of became the... The the guy showed me the other day, there's 2000 check-ins from people that have checked in at that sign and they never came into train. So like jujitsu people driving through Mount Vernon, they didn't come to train. They just would come at night and pictures with the sign because.
0: Yeah, I'd do it. I don't even do jujitsu. If I was ever in the area, I'd go take a picture under that sign.
2: So no, no, matter what it's like, uh, so I'm always going to keep the building, man. I'd like to really use it as a barracks for the boys to say. It's like Gypsy village there now, man, that people just literally keep coming. I mean, like George said earlier, there's guys from Romania, uh, Lithuania, I got guys from uh, Kazakhstan that were there, China, uh, two guys just showed up from Oregon. I mean, there's literally 25 guys that are just staying at the gym right now. They just stay there and, uh, um, you know, it's like they they keep the things in each other's cars, and uh, it's uh, I would actually start buying these uh, these big, uh, you know, the, the the big like uh passenger vans, and the guys are ripping the the, the you know, because you can pick them up, you know, if they don't run, like four hundred bucks. So we put them to keep it really clean, you know, because I don't I don't want. The fucked up, you know, for the community out there. It's like they're cool enough to let us keep doing it. So I told the boys, it's important that we make sure that it's it's not ever a, an, an eyesore on the town. You know what I mean? It's not. Doesn't look like a junkyard. Yeah, for sure, definitely. So the guys, they buy these passenger vans and they'll, they'll they 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 will they, they, sleep in them. You know, there'll be like one or two of them. It's kind of funny. They'll put a, a wall in the middle. And I think about that. Like how that, that's like that's worse than jail almost. You know, like uh, to to you and I thinking, but uh, to them that makes them free. Like, like George uh, we're here, if you, one of my, so actually two of my favorite scenes from the Daisy fresh was, uh, when they're sitting on the back of the truck and one two, and they ask him, what would you do if you never found the Daisy fresh? And he just said, I probably would kill myself. Yeah. And they ask a couple of the boys that that's why this is important. It's not when, when byproduct product of you. And,
0: and what, and what is that? Why do you think that just broken homes, dads that beat them, moms that don't love them, being molested, drug use at a young age, like what What makes someone want to kill themselves?
2: Man, you know, like- I, I think it's just, I think just life life is tough. And the more that you try to, the more you try to figure things out, uh, the more you realize you don't know. You know what I mean? And I think it's just, I think it's just scary, man. I think it's scary to to, to not understand about, you know, a lot of things. And a lot of times, one thing that uh, I, people will probably aren't going to like this, but it is what it is. Uh, the, the one thing is the more kids that I get that have been brought up in really religious families, they're fucked up, man. They're like, uh, they're so confused and they're so uh, they've had this, 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 stuff jammed down their throat the entire lives. And they're, they're dads. Um, I have one kid, his dad's a preacher. And when I got him, he the most socially awkward um, asshole, kid ever and uh uh one day uh he he told me it was like an eye-opening experience for me he told me yeah well you know maybe if my dad took less time jamming this bible stuff down my throat and he taught me how to be a gentleman and you know play with the other kids and just just was my dad instead of a preacher maybe he would uh maybe i would understand you know things a little bit more and it's like that was uh like a a light going off in my head for, for 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 me, You know what I mean? I, I realized the more of them that I got, they just, uh, you know, they, they've, they're, they're scared they, they, Yeah, you know, a lot of kids are scared and they, they, they've used that like religion or whatever as fear to like scare the kids. So they, 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 they their whole lives are spent about, you know, like uh, trying to do this and trying to do that. And, and the thing is, is they, they're, they're not even being good people necessarily. They're, they're not trying to help other people. They're just, they're just trying to make sure that their spot is secure for eternity rather than, you know, being out. And you don't always say that. So if, you know, if you want to be religious or whatever, that, that, that's cool. You can do it, do what you do, but you know, you got to be cool. You know, you got, don't be an asshole, you know, Uh, be be Christ-like, not Christian. You know what I mean?
0: uh, Yeah. I'm torn. I was raised basically, uh, when you're, when you're raised in a, in a pretty hardcore liberal environment, there's this uh, constant underlying hatred for religion and con- constant underlying hatred for country. And it's it's really subtle, but it's always there. It's from your teachers. It's from your parents. It's just from everywhere. Like if there's an American flag up or if the president says, God bless America, there's a, why does it have to be God bless America? Or why do we have to do the Pledge of Allegiance? And now that I'm older and wiser, I realize the importance of religion for people, and the truth is is that uh, we we need a society full of people who if they can't find their own morals or their own ethics or their own integrity it needs to be given to them and, and it, it, it's it's tough it's tough I really 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 um, would love to uh, live in a neighborhood full of even though uh, of christ like people even though oh, Right. You know what I mean? I would love to live with like really authentic Christians or really authentic Mormons. I like, I like, but, but you're right. You, f- you can fuck a kid up. Like, like there's a time and a place for that shit. And like, oh, sure. it's and, like, yeah. you start telling kids masturbation bad. You can't tell a 14 year old boy that you better find a different approach because you're going to yeah, fuck I mean, him up.
2: No, I mean, and, and clearly it's like, uh, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, I, I've been thinking about stuff with the military.
0: uh, Yeah, there you go. And and sorry, one more thing. And if you don't give people religion, these fucking morons will start to think Fauci is God and they'll start to believe that the government is God. And I know you guys don't think that's what you're doing, but that's what you're doing. I hear you. When you start believing in fake things like gender and you think that that science as opposed to sex, you're starting to believe that someone else is God. You're having faith in something else. If you're going to have faith in something, at least at least let it be God. Don't be your don't be your government sorry go ahead
2: no 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 it's uh it, 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 all this stuff and, and it's all true and i think it's it, it's it's part of the you know to to, to get the question i just think it's part of the it, it makes people unsure you know what i mean because it, at the end of the day we're, we're we're animals and we have animal instincts you know what i mean and it's like uh you, you know we're, we're the closest things obviously to being civilized our animals but you know we we, we still have that survival instinct in us and it's like a lot of this stuff just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense to, uh, and then we spend so much time doing things that are that, that have, of unimportance. I think in the end that people just feel lost and, and they wonder, man, I spent all these years uh, doing this because mom and dad said that I should do this or because society said I should do this. And then I think they just, they just get extremely lost. Man, and I think that that causes like a lot of mental and uh, mental doubt for yourself. And, uh, you know, because the question was, um, I, you know, like the, the, the suicide and depression just constantly goes up all the time. I think that for me, I think that has a lot to do with it. Life's tough, man. You know what I mean? But it can also be the most amazing, incredible thing in the entire world. I just think everything is balanced. You know what I mean? And you just that, that's that, that's kind of a cop out to say that. To just Oh, you got to find the balance. But I mean, I think you just have to really dig in and be honest with yourself about about, you know, just Things like
0: that. Uh, uh. I think that I think the balance is I think it is balanced. I I just think the balance is, is that you should be working on yourself 90 percent of the time and 10 percent of the time helping other people instead of these fucking activists who are 90 percent of the time trying to change other people and spending zero time changing themselves. These the reason why you're able to do what you do right now at 38 years old is because for the first 30 years you worked on yourself and you built your own skills and you focused on yourself and you stayed busy and you cultivated and nurtured talent, success, hard work, discipline, and you became a mirror and a knife that other people should be able to emulate and yet you can do your own cutting and in are your your own tool. These this I, I think it's I I think it is balanced, but it's not 50-50 people. If you are not working on yourself You're 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 out of balance. People because when you work on yourself, other people will work on themselves. You don't have to force people to um like black people or like gay people or like just you. You be that. You be cool as shit. Yeah, no. And other people will be cool as shit. Look at Heath. He's cool as shit. Now he's got a fucking whole gym full of dudes who are trying to mirror him and be cool as shit.
2: Yeah, you. I'm I'm really lucky to have that one, one, one thing i get a lot of guys i get a lot of guys that are from like uh so they'll they'll be married you know what i mean and their whole did you say married yeah they'll be married and they'll they'll, they'll get a divorce you know what i mean right. it's like after they get a divorce they're so fucking crushed and they're uh-huh. lost and uh they've lost everything they just lost their entire lives and they ask me sometimes i don't know my wife would do this you know like she started seeing someone else or whatever it is or, or vice versa right. you know i have a female that comes in uh and I always just tell them, you know, a little bit of this is your fault. You know what I mean? It's like uh, uh, there's there's certain points when, um, listen, you have to be a little selfish to be successful. And I tell people this all the time. In relationships, being a dad, uh, it be, being, being, a, uh, a, being being a friend, if you don't take care of yourself, if you lose yourself, you know what I mean? This is the biggest one that happens with relationships. You meet this cool chick. You meet your wife. You know what I mean? And when she met you, you were this young funny, cool dude. And the time you become your life becomes your family. And that's back to me saying like, oh my kids are my life, my family's my life. Yeah, no shit. You don't have to say that out loud though. You don't you don't have to every move you make doesn't have to be, you know, for your family indirectly. You know what I mean? It's like if you're un if you're unhappy and you're depressed and you're your everything you do is only for your kids family at the end you're going to you can become miserable and you 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 know and people fall out of love in relationships because of this all the time you become someone else and at the end you uh, you know you kind of become this needy desperate stressed out fat human. slob it's true and it happens all. The, and it happens yep. all the time. Yep. And these guys. And then when I tell these guys, well, this is a little bit your fault. You know what I mean? You you got away from being yourself, and you got comfortable, and and you uh, you know, you you kind of just told yourself like, oh, you know, my my family's my whole life. Every move that I make needs to be to make my wife happy, or to make my husband happy, or to make my happy. But what about? And uh, if you're not being a little selfish and uh, taking care of yourself, your mental health, your physical health. Uh, you know, you're, you're socially, you know what I mean? You, you will fail, you know, you will be in a position uh, to, to, to not be happy. You're just making everyone else happy and then you'll feel unappreciated and you'll feel uh, distance. And I think that happens a lot. I think we, we constantly say that shit out loud. And uh, that's a little better better answer for the, the question that you asked me earlier about my kids are my life. It's um, you have to just, be cool you know what i mean you have
0: to work on your if it's eight o'clock at night and my kids are going to bed and they're like will you come go to bed with me will you come go to bed with me and i haven't worked out yet at least 50 percent. i have to ask myself the question am i going to put them to bed and then get up and keep and get my workout on for the day and if the answer is no then i don't put them to bed then my wife does it and i go work out and you know what it's only three minutes of their life before they fall asleep. But I get in the garage and then now I'm happier. I'm fitter. I'm stronger. I'm a better example for them in the morning. There's thousands of things like that. If you're not working right. on yourself, true. your it wife really, and your kids are going to fucking leave you. They're going to and they're going to think you're a pile of shit. Even if they upset at you that you're working on yourself, you better like have a honest talk with yourself.
2: It's true. And and the mindset that that breeds, too, is like, you know, since I'm making my family my 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 life you know if i'm not my wife and my kid i start to feel entitled like well since i'm doing that they do that so then the more that i think that happens
0: you know give me an example of that you kind of lost me give me an example of that so it's
2: like uh you know my my, me saying oh my 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 family's my entire life and then uh, you know it's I think that kind of breeds the the, the insecurity for, for, for a lot of men sometimes. It's like when, when the wife's leaving to go with her friends, it's like they they, they get jealous. Where, where, where are you going? You're like, you're my whole life, you know, and you, you want to go with your friends all the time. Or, you know, you're going to the gym and, you know, I'm here with the kids. And I think that's because you've made that you know, in your mind that like, oh, you know, my family's every, every move that I make is to be a good dad. I'm the best dad in the world. Every move that I make is to be a wonderful husband. And I think th- it just breeds insecurity, man. And it's like, uh, and your kids can feel this. They can see this. If you give them every single thing they want, like you said, putting them to bed, there's people who watch say, well, I would put the kids to bed and then I would work out. I would. So sometimes I would. you do. That's exactly. That's it. Sometimes you do, and something. You know, but what happens is your boys, they respect your man and that there's shit that you have to do sometimes. And that's real life. Real life isn't being able to hold their hand all the time. That's not how it works. But what they'll see is, hey, you know, my dad's always there and I know that I can always depend on him. But he gets shit done. You know, he's not a pussy. Yeah. He, he's not, he, he doesn't just cater to us. He's a fucking good dad and he, he kills it for us. But he kills it for himself, too, because he's awesome. You know, he's not, like you said, this fat slob that's like, pushover that, uh, you don't respect, you know, and then when, when, when the kids get older, then they, that's, they, they become these, these kids like dads or their moms that just get walked on or, you know, they, they expect, they expect, uh, they have entitlement because they think I give everything to this. It should be all given back to me just the same. it just doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? You have to be a fine tuned machine. You know what I mean? You have to take care of yourself. Physically, mentally, you know
0: what I mean. You yeah, do you talk them. to the boys about nutrition? My my boys. No, the 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 the, the tribe, the pedigo oh, tribe. Yeah. Oh yeah, all of them. So
2: it's like, uh, so don't 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 like the hillbilly hammer. Don't don't let him like fool you guys. These guys are young still, so sometimes they're able when they're training for specific competitions. When they kept couch, I don't know if you know about what he did this weekend, but uh, there was an. So the basically one of the biggest 8 minute tournaments in the world they had this weekend. Uh, Flow grappling did it. At the Who's number one? Grand Prix, and uh, there was a 185-pound division. And they called. They kept losing people. Kept losing people, and they called Jacob Couch on Sunday and said, hey, "We need this spot filled for first place. It's thirty thousand, second place, fifteen. Uh, third place, 7500 So it doesn't sound like much to a lot of people uh, listening out there. 21 years old, so it's a it's a pretty good chunk of change, and what what it does for them, it's not about prize money. What it does for them is it raises their stock to where their DVD sells and their gyms, like, really means something. So that that the the title is the big thing. The money's never the big thing. It's just you know the the the, the, the title brand value, for sure, definitely, and it would it gets raised actually uh, by this. So they call Jacob. He's about 250 pounds on Sunday. So then they say, hey, the weigh in's gonna he needs the 185. So this opportunity for him is so big that I ask him, you're gonna have ranked guy in the world the first round. Um, you gotta cut 30 pounds. Can you cut, can you can you we cut the 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 30 pounds in four days? And then he says, Yeah, absolutely I can do it and I'll win. So he cuts about twenty twenty-nine pounds is what he cut, and he weighs in on Friday. His first match was Roberto. He's a number two ranked uh, guy at 185 in the world, and Couch seized this opportunity, and he did the sky, and it just, <gasps> it, yeah, it was amazing. It was such an incredible <laughs> thing. Uh, Were you there? Did you go to it? Yeah, of course. If they're competing, it's uh, it's very very rare that that, that I'm uh, that, that I'm there. Um, it's a, it's a, actually it's and I've barely missed the entire life. I have a list. I was kind of saying this earlier, but uh. I have a list when people, say we have 65 people sign up at a tournament. And this was a different type of tournament. It was invite only for couch. It's a very prestigious. It's the best guys in the world. And uh, uh, so if I have a list of 70 people, I coach all 70 people from the time that tournament starts to the time. And sometimes I just forget to drink water. And sometimes these last five days. So the difference between that and myself and the coaches from a lot of the other teams is they might coach their five or six people, but I coach every person every second. I don't want anyone out there. If I'm not, I want them to look over and see me, the team, all whole teams on the barrier. It's not two or three people. It's literally if there's fifty of us out there, then forty-eight of them are out there on. They're the hardest team. They're they're really they're just so behind each other it's almost intimidating to the other teams. You know what I mean? It's just, they're so, they care so much about each other winning that it just, it it makes this environment. That's like, uh, it's just so positive and happy, man. And it's so much easier to be successful when you have so many people behind you, you know, you, you're tired or whatever. And you look over and and the same thing just uh, in life in general, you know, when you have so many people rooting for you and that want you to do good and want you to be successful, it's hard to fail
0: how did show. he end up doing in the tournament so he was
2: first he, he actually got third place and, awesome uh, yeah no he didn't man it's like so he wasn't even supposed to be there
0: so he got seventy five hundred bucks
2: yeah plus a thousand dollar submission bonus and let me tell you what what type of guy jacob patch is He's what so is
0: great. what is flow grappling before you tell me about jacob Gretchen, what, what it, it, i thought it was a media company they actually put on events too
2: yeah, yeah. So, uh, so what happens is, so Flow Sports is the name of the company. And then there's like different, uh, there's like Flow Racing, Flow Track. And what it was for was, uh, like when, when your boys get into college and they run track, you might not fly all over the world, watch them. ESPN's not going to cover it. It's just not big enough. So, what happens is you, uh, you buy the subscription. Watch the, the, the kids track meets all over the place, you know, while you're at work or, you know. So, yeah. Flow
0: Gra- Flo Sports covers, like, smaller sports where, like...
2: Yeah.
0: Where he is. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got so it. Flo- and so, then they ended up they ended up putting on their own tournaments. They found that... So,
2: so Flow Wrestling was the first one, and it's really big, you know, and it's like, a, you know, like, a, say, 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 a million followers or whatever, <laughs> and the <coughs> followers, it's... These aren't really people in the sport. Anyone who follows it is, like, usually they do it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like something else where something will have say Joe Rogan, he'll have a hundred million followers to where maybe 5 million people watch every show and they're like, so, so this, uh, for flow grappling, if someone subscribes to it, they're,
0: you know what I mean? They're, they're hardcore they're, practitioner de- so dedicated.
2: They might have 1 million only, but they have 1 million dedicated loyal fans. Yeah, I get it. it. So, it's almost like ten times that. So you you understand, you get it. It's not no one's just clicking the like button because it's someone sent them a request to to, to like their page. It's like right. people loyal. So yeah, they they put on these uh, they put on these shows, uh, these tournaments, and they're really really professional and really high class. I and mean, they 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 treat the guy. It's a it's a real treat. Them up in these like
0: five star hotels, and they, they- dude thirty thousand dollars is more than some you a lot of UFC fighters get boxers oh. get. A
2: What's lot in, more. Yeah, for sure. About uh, Just grappling, you know what I mean? He's just, he went out. Oh, you had, you, you won three matches. And, uh, and, you know, it's not as simple as that, but, uh, yeah, $30,000. And then what it does to your brand, like huge I mean, some of these guys, uh, they're, they're making, they're making videos like, uh, Andrew, Andrew Wiltsy from the videos. He was kind of the star from the first couple of Daisy Freshes, the, uh, yeah, lives in the box. He, uh, he probably has a few hundred thousand dollars now from his, uh, from, from his videos, uh, um, they do uh, BJJ Fanatics is the name of the company, and and, and he'll do instructional videos. And uh, people buy you like teach, you know, they like tutorials.
0: That That's do. his Andrew's company is BJJ Fanatics.
2: No, no, no they, they, he, he just had a deal with BJJ Fanatics.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Uh,
2: so what they do is say, say ju- just in his example, said so they would say, uh, like Sivan's gonna uh, do, do his uh, tutorial on how to be the you know the best podcast guy in the world, and people would buy it, and then say. The deals are just say, fanatics would keep half, and you, you would keep the other half. And uh, they they do all the work. You just film it, and then they should check uh, once a month or whatever. And Andrew was born. He was born to to do that. He's an amazing instructor. Uh, he is. I could show him an entire system of stuff, and the next day he would come back and say, "Hey, I added this, and I did this, and I tweaked this." He's just amazing. So,
0: he's your he first was, black belt he's the first person you ever gave a
2: black belt to he's andrew and my first belt that i ever had and i only have uh that i've ever given out no uh, actually all of those guys they won the pans and the, the world championships at every belt all the way up to black so uh I've, I've been, holy shit so i've been, been really fortunate with that not uh, a really tight ship type program you know it's uh when, when it comes to like um uh me, me me giving the belts away it's uh we we there's no like charging or anything like that it's just when they're ready for it you know when there's like and uh in the culture that I've created there no one asks for the belts they're not even curious to when they're going to get the next thing they just know hey when it's time for you to get this you get it you know it's like it's not something really anybody talks about or you look forward to it obviously I'm sure but it's just there's a really high bar and it's a really appreciated and respected thing and all the guys really happy to uh and fortunately in our sport a lot of people are part of like association schools and they'll have a seminar saying they'll pay this guy that they've never met to come in and they stripes away the belts away after so many weeks kids it's a little different but uh, you know with the adults it's like uh, i'm not really interested in getting a belt from someone i've never met before i could care less about that guy tying it around my waist he doesn't even know me uh so me giving him money and, and, and fighting for him when I've never even met the guy—just uh, that, that—that's kind of a, a big thing, and, and unfortunately, it's still like a flaw. I think as people, you know, they don't know these guys, and they they've kind of been duped into uh, you know like thinking like uh, since the person laid the you know like I appreciate everyone who's ever done anything in jiu-jitsu in the past thirty years to make it what it is today. You know, the they're the the pioneers. You know, they 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 laid down the railroad. You know they, they put the sweat in from nothing but you know i did that i did that as well you know what i mean so i appreciate them and i respect them but it's it's not i'm not going to put a picture of them up in the gym and have everyone bow to it and not pretend you know, that's uh you know uh, and i'm not going to pay someone uh a thousand name i just build the shit myself and, you know we'll, i i i i respect and appreciate what they've done i'll just i'll do the same thing
0: um when you see people like Andrew get money, do you ever get concerned? Uh, and th- I don't know if this is going to resonate with a lot of people, but this is some real shit I'm about to say. Managing objects is a skill, and it's a very, very deep skill. It, you Basically, in order to have – there's this Taoist saying, to receive everything, give, give everything up. I know people look at people like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, or they think like – we all know people who like – they have a, a baseball hat collection of 40, 40 hats and it's too much for them. It drives them fucking crazy. Basically, you have to be a fucking Buddhist monk if you're going to be wealthy and own a lot of shit. You have yeah. to be willing to let shit come and w- let shit go. You can't let it. You can't if you buy a brand new car and a rock pops up and cracks the windshield and you get upset, you probably shouldn't have that car. That no, life is about being happy and accepting the impermanence of objects and that's can be very very difficult for people who come from not having and then all of a sudden getting a lot like they they try to protect all their objects and you can't protect your objects you cannot is is do you see any of that with your people that they struggle all of a sudden like they have a new pair of pants and they're acting weird about it or they get a car like they buy their first used honda civic and they're freaking out because it got a scratch on the door shit like that
2: so i'm I'm really lucky like uh we're we're, we're pretty I was a pretty new black belt. I've only had it for a couple of years and we're, we're, we're the youngest, especially big team or like, uh, you know, like, uh, we're famous, but, uh, you know, the, you're famous.
0: The
2: so the, the, we're definitely by far the youngest. We're like the babies out of all, all those teams, you know, and the, the moves that we're making are big moves and they're, they're, they're coming so fast. It's like, uh, you know,
0: yeah. How do you they, manage that? Uh, then really this lucky. part of it, the mental part, the infighting. How come he got a new belt? How come he gets a little more money? How come? How come those girls like him? I mean, that shit. People have struggled. That's a that struggle's real.
2: Yeah, I think it comes from the top. I just nip that shit in the butt from the beginning, and I'm really open with everyone about how I feel about that at the gym. And I just tell them, you know, I say a lot. You know, I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of bitch-assness and the, the way that you feel about that. Maybe this just isn't the place for you. You know what I mean? I just, uh, I. I love and appreciate every person's at the gym, but they they if they need to want to be there hundred percent, you know what I mean. And I'm not saying it's my way or the highway either. And really, I mean that. It's uh, it's 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 all of it's all of ours together. Pedigo Mission fighting the Daisy Fresh crew. That's all of us. It's not just me. I might be the leader, but they're all just as much a part of the time. And uh, dude, you, you just
0: have to and they call. need a leader. They need a leader. Everyone needs a leader there's really really strong people like me and I still look for a leader that's how strong I am because I look for a leader and I assign someone to be my leader yeah. everyone needs a fucking leader I, I I'm a firm believer in that I just think it goes back to like you
2: said the animal instinct thing man you know what I mean it's always just like it's uh you know being a part of the tribe you know or whatever you know whatever it is that we we, we came from or were uh it's it's tough to just be out there walking around in the woods by yourself you know why if there could be 10 of you why not you know what i mean it's like uh instead of fighting over one deer that you, know, you, that you could have it for yourself for a month but if you can get a system down to where there's 10 of you and you can get a factory line going and you know then it's easy uh you know but you, you, you got to get to that point and uh so to answer the question about andrew actually we'll use him as an example he um so first, let, let, let me let me tell everybody this. Andrew slept on the mat for ten years with a sheet and a pillow, and he busted his ass, and he never had anything by choice. That was his choice. So a lot of people would say like, "Oh man, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to just train at the gym every day and not have to work." So it's one hundred and five uh, South Seventh uh, Street. Of- if they want to come in and do that they can do that so instead of talking shit just do it you know instead of like you know cutting someone down and saying oh man the guy's doing this he put his time in he busted his ass he spent every penny that he ever earned and worked for and invested in himself and in the team so now it it, it paid dividends for him you know he uh he got his first check and he told me i got to get a car he's never had a car to come here he sold us he never had a car since then uh a a guy donated them one time it was like an old shit box it got them around for a little bit and then finally it blew up i think it caught on fire and blew up but uh they um so his first big purchase he makes he walks there's a car dealership pretty much the street from the gym and uh he gets his third check and he takes thirty thousand dollars over there and he tells the guy i'd like to buy the white car and uh they're like yeah which white car and he's like oh the one toyota it says it's twenty nine thousand and he lays the thirty thousand dollars out on the table and the guy's like uh i'll have we, we don't do that. That's not the way that it works. You know, it's like, you know, this is not one of those like little used ships where the guys are like, oh, this is perfect. You know, it's like a big uh, Toyota dealership. So it was just kind of funny to, to, to see him do that, you know, to make like an adult purchase, because three months prior to that, he didn't have a bank account. You know, he never had one before. And then um,
0: and episode he, five, he can't get the hotel room. He's there. in a. fit. Fa- someone gets him a fancy hotel room, and he can't get in the room because they ask for a credit card and a debit or a debit card. And he looks. He's like looking around, like you talking to me.
2: Yeah, exactly. So he he had he had no idea, and uh, it's uh, you know, part of that stuff came the, the type of family. He's he a has.
0: real live monk. You, he's a real live monk.
2: Yeah, no, he he, he really is, man. And he's uh, he, even when he, you're you're gonna love this. Uh, he later on, so he's finally bought a house. And for the first couple of months, he 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 buys the house. And houses are much cheaper here where we're at. Like the the house that you live in in California right now, say say it's just a a, a small three bedroom normal house, you know. So in California, these houses are sold for six hundred ninety seven hundred thousand dollars. In Mount Vernon, you could buy the same house for thirty grand. You know wow! I mean? so, so the house that I live in, it's a three four bedroom house. There's a pond outside. So neighborhood there's a judge that lives two doors down now i lived in the projects five years ago but i rent this house for 150 bucks so, wow yeah there's a big difference there's a big difference between
0: uh, i could rent my house for 800 a night
2: exactly that, that's what i'm saying so that, <laughs> and it's
0: that, not even a nice house
2: <laughs> so I, I didn't know this man I, I had a i had a friend uh uh orlando Sanchez is I mean, he had had me come over to his house, and he told me, "Yeah, I I, I put my house up for sale, or selling this." He's in Pasadena, and he told me, "It's a (laughs) I got six hundred ninety thousand dollars for the house." And I was like, "Oh shit, you own the whole block?" And then he told me, (laughs) "No, not that it wasn't a nice place. I'm just saying, you know, was a good, uh, you know, working class family house." And it's a, it's mind blowing. California it's it's not like people are making any more money necessarily than uh, right right I'm talking about working class people working like even if you talk you know it's like they make $14 an hour there 15 well you know here they make 13 it's not like it's it's not you know a a $300 a month not payment on a house and a $400 here that's a fucking big difference
0: so I always the poverty the poverty line for a family of four in Santa Cruz, California, is one hundred and twenty thousand a year. I think it's kind average, of you can't even believe it.
2: You'd have to, but uh, it, it's uh, you know if, if you type into Google uh, uh, what's the most dangerous city in Illinois, and you go down a couple and click on the FBI list, Mount Vernon is at number one on the list right now. Do you have any rich parents who just drop off their kids? Um, uh, actually, I. have that the rich that drop them off and uh poor ones that leave them they drop them off and sometimes they won't come back and uh, it's they are they're using it for babysitting instead of uh uh so uh uh, a little while back i had a kid uh, he would get dropped off and he, he would he would kind of sit out front and uh it's a really oriented place like there's always like 20 kids playing out front it's really cool like, you could come and train and your kids could play out front it's extremely safe and the community knows that it's there you know the cars drive by slow and it's like uh there's a big part uh, but uh sometimes they would come off man and uh he he was really embarrassed he, he wouldn't uh, sometimes they wouldn't come back and get him and someone would take him home and one time uh, i told him look buddy i'll take you home and he wanted me to drop him off blocks away from where his house was so i just went up to the door and he, he was and upset and i just went in the house told you know to tell him hey uh you got to pick him up we're not babysitting him and the parents are in there shooting up dope hair heroin and they're like all they're they're all fucked up you know what i mean and uh and he obviously didn't want me to see that that's embarrassing for him and t- tough for him and uh so we get both man we we, we get both the, the people who are coming in and you know uh you know, sometimes they, but regardless the kids there, that's all that matters to me. I don't really give a shit if they're using it for babysitting or not. Then I just have to figure out how can I help him get out of this situation? It's not like you can listen. I would love to just take the kid and take him home with me and just raise him. You know what I mean? I would, if, if I w I wish that I had the finances to take every single one of them. If I could, you know this now you've got boys. If I could have a hundred boys. Yep. Yep. Well, they could just all grow up there. That would be amazing, but that's not going to that's not real life. It's not the way it yep. is. So yep. I'm always constantly trying to figure out what do I do or what can you do to help these situations, you know? And then uh what usually happens, unfortunately, is they stop showing up. Their parents will stop bringing them. It's too far for them to walk. Uh, the other guys from the gym, they can't just go and get them all the time. You know what I mean? You know, they, they work, they go to school, they have lives too. It's not a uh, You know what I mean? And and even if if you're doing it with one, you can't do it with 20. It's just not possible to do, you know, and try to work with the city a little bit about, you know, and that's getting better. It's getting much better. Like uh, they just had called me and it's called the downtown development center and they had sat us down and they told us, look, we watched this Daisy Fresh thing. And you guys are you you guys are uh, superstars in Japan and you guys are superstars to these jujitsu people in New York. California, But in Mount Vernon, you're still relatively unknown, and people have no idea. It's like, uh, and they told us, look, the community's kind of let you down, and we want to help. We want to help you get a bigger place and help with a lot of this you're helping with. And man, it was, uh,
0: what if they uh, ruin you? What if they pussify you? What if they ruin you?
2: Well, I guess that's on me. So, so I, we, I don't think we have to worry about that. I think, well, I, okay, I, good. I, I, I keep it pretty, pretty, pretty hardcore when it comes to literally, I'm very lucky, uh, when it comes to I and people say this, they say it their whole life, but they don't mean it. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks or what anybody says. I I have a, a Facebook, but like boys told me recently, did you know that you have an Instagram that has twenty thousand people on it? And I don't even know what that is. I didn't even know what it was. I, I've still I've never looked at it one time in my entire life. The boys run all that stuff for me. I could give it a sh- someone's gonna watch this and they're gonna say, hey, as an asshole. That doesn't mean anything to me at all. I could care less about uh, any of that. It's all about being able to reach as many people as I can, change as many lives as I can, and keep shit real for myself. Because fuck a million dollars when you can leave a legacy that lasts forever. That's the way that I feel about it. I could sell out. It. I have people reaching out right now from the community. There's a lot of, I think this is with every sport too, in every situation. You get a lot of rich guys, like wealthy guys, that For them to donk off a couple hundred thousand dollars is jack shit. And it's like giving the kids 40 bucks, you know, especially these guys in like Dubai and places like this. Yeah. Um, These guys will reach out and they'll say, hey, we'll give you $50,000 or $100,000. We just want to buy your team and we want to. So that would be easy. It would be easy for me to say, hey, let me take this money. I could change a lot of lives with that but what I would do is I was run everything that we've ever uh, that, that I've worked for my entire life. Everything that these boys, they have this shit tattooed on them. I would, I would get away from them. You know what I mean? This, this, uh, the, by taking that money and someone else be involved, it's not, they don't want w- what I want. They don't see what I see. That vision would be completely ruined by, by adding, uh, by, by ruined. it would, it would be completely ruined. destroyed. And at the end of the day, I might have a a new car and a new house and maybe a couple of the boys, but what about the other thousands that are going to come to me over the next 20 years? They would lose everything. They would lose their opportunity. They are going to have programs themselves one day. They're going to save thousands of people. So by every dollar that I would take from anyone who didn't want the vision exactly the way that I want it, it, it would take away from another thousand people that's how I look at it so it's easier to just struggle a little bit and uh, know that that, you know uh, I'm changing the world even if it's just one or two people at a time or you know like like being on your show you know a certain person hears this and they say man this guy's right about the the family thing you know being a fat slob and I've been doing this I can change it around right now they will change their kids lives forever their kids will grow up and be better moms better dads better humans better friends and that's the shit that matters to me. That's what's important. I could have sold this shit out a long time ago, especially now with the show. And um, it's what? what's the point? What does it matter if you're laying in bed every night and you have the nicest shit in the world? What does it matter if it doesn't mean anything? You know what I mean? It's There's no point. The legacy is everything. And it's always been everything to me from the time. I never had anything. I've never had anything my whole life. Even everything that I have now, I just give back. What, what's the, I mean, my life's probably half over. That's the way that I look at it. You know what I mean? It's like, right. uh, so what, you know, why, why do that now? You know, why, why give away everything that's ever been worked for? And that all these guys and girls that, that have believed in me and listened to me and trusted me, why sell anything now when, uh, they believed in me, you know, I would, I would be a complete fraud if, uh, if, if I took that and did that. And, uh, you know, I already know I'll probably die doing exactly what I'm doing the exact way I'm doing it. And sometimes I look at it and say, you know, there's a lot of struggle there. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. And my boys and the people, my my kids, my children and the people who are around me, it, it's they'll know I kept it real my whole life. And it's going to change things. It's going, They're going to help change people. And it's going to that, that's a trickle down effect. And uh, that's that's it, it's easy for me to do it, man. It's, it, it's simple to. To, to, to do that for me just because of that reason at all i have no and money dude comes and goes you get money fuck it you just spend it anyway what are you gonna do i'm, I'm, I'm gonna put, bury it in my can or put it in the bank and it's gonna sit there you need money to make shit happen but when you do all the shit you're supposed to do in life and you're a really good human and you give back this shit all works out man
0: um are there any girls in the gym any women so, female so right now we
2: like girls that, that, that have came in, and there's always been like a uh, women who are a part. Of it. But now, for the first time, we're starting to get competition like there. And, uh, I had actually in the past I I I uh, I wouldn't have any of the females that wanted to come from other places. Jim and and I and, uh, um I'm regretful in, in this for honestly just putting putting all cards on the table. I, I didn't really know exactly what to do uh, having 20 guys living. Female come from
0: somewhere else that I don't know and insane, insane. I,
2: right, right. And you didn't.
0: Like, you no. shouldn't regret anything. Men are capable of anything sexually. Men should never be. Tr- tr- I don't know if trusted is the right word, but but I I've, I don't think less of you for keeping the women out, not because they're women, but because of the men has nothing to do with the women. It has to do with yeah, the men.
2: Sure. And it was always that in my mind, just like and I. I uh, sometimes I look back on it at times that I hope that there was never a situation to where I. I took something away from from, uh, or I was able to give to, you know, like a a female that needed to come and stay. But it's just I just uh, I need them to be separated, obviously, in living conditions. I mean, I does not even really need an explanation. I don't think everyone just gets that. You know, some of these are it has nothing
0: to do with what's right and wrong and what's fair and not fair. It's understanding what men are capable of. It's just understanding men. It's like a knife. It's sharp. It's no one's fault. It's, it's there's nothing to blame. There's nothing to understand or not understand. Knives are used for cutting things. Do you know what young boys are used for? And if you don't know, then you should know. There's just one thing. And and and, and you're at you should not you should not fuck with that thing.
2: Yes. Yeah, so Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And, and I always, I always just kind of kept it like that. And, and I wanted to build so for the very first time. Actually, we have a really, really good, it's brand new, like a, a, a women's program. So any, any uh, female always could train. We've always had girls, you know, and women that are in the classes, but uh, right now there's like a, a group and I, I never want to separate them. I see a lot of, I see a lot of, that's cool. But uh, I always want to keep everyone together, man. You know what I mean? I want the girls to train with the guys and you know, it's a, a that, that's always been important and i've never wanted to separate them and say like hey and uh and i'm always open to uh i'm always criticism to make things better because i'm I'm just it's such
0: an intimate sport it's crazy my boys half the girls in the class are girls and half are boys and i know they're only four and six but man that's some intimate shit i mean even with the boys and boys i mean jujitsu is a fucking intimate sport for sure no doubt And, uh, and uh and like i said i'm just
2: learning but we we really have our first females they're white belts and uh they're, they're, they're competing now, you know, and they're, they're tearing it up. They're doing just like the guys, they're doing great. And it's, uh, I have a lot of older, uh, women, a lot, a lot of like, uh, uh same thing, you know, I always use the the divorce thing, you know what I mean? Like the, the people that are in their mid thirties and, uh, a lot of people look at kids and they're like, man, kids need help and they're lost. And the thing is that people forget about the, you know, people in their mid thirties that have spent their last 15 years with a, a guy or a girl. And then, they get divorced. They're so fucking lost, man. And they're so alone. And they, you know, it's like just them and their kids and they they don't know what to do. And, you know, they've dedicated their lives to their family. We, I get this a lot. You know, people come in and they just need to be a part of something. They need support and they need, you know, they they're looking for something. And uh, we get this a lot, man. And I, it, I think it all just comes back to, like I said, people are just looking to be loyal to something and have, have loyalty given giving back to them that's a word that is uh loosely used and unfortunately advantage of a lot of time you know what i mean it's like uh so uh but um I, i'm really excited for a women's program to grow uh, you know to to get bigger i'm almost we're, we're just getting there man i'm like i just think a few months away from getting a new gym and then um we almost have enough females now where they're talking about getting out like a, a fight so we have a few fighter houses now it's like some of the like the hillbilly hammer and then some of these guys have moved out of the gym and now that you know there's like you know seven it, it, i don't want to say frat houses but you know like a bu- bunch of a bunch of young guys living together you know they, they kind of can all throw in and have a have a big house so there's almost enough females now where they're going to be able to do that and uh you know what i mean uh, to, to to have some stuff so i'm, I'm really excited for that for go and uh it just keeps getting bigger man bigger and better and uh um uh, you know because you know guys like you and uh, having us on podcast and uh uh, you know, just, uh, get, getting the name out there, you know, and, uh, letting us share this story, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's, constantly growing and I think it's getting better and we're just going to be able to keep changing lives. And that's, that's my plan anyway.
0: Are you guys selling anything like shirts or stickers or.
2: Yes. In 20 years, people have asked me for 20 years about shirts. We actually just did our first shirt drop and it's, uh, it only lasted three days, but, uh, we're going to start, uh, I, I, got a, bought a website, daisyfreshusa.com there's nothing on there right now do like a, i do a drop that was there for three days and we sold about one thousand shirts in three days so really <laughs> i fucking love it so it was a little tougher than i thought you know I mean, it's like so i we didn't really think ahead you know we thought maybe we'd sell a couple hundred and at a thousand actually i closed it because uh we just individually pack uh we, we just individually packed each one of them and uh yes we've got the old uh these uh, Christmas. They let us, the post office let us buy these uh, old Santa Claus. He's drinking a Coke and, uh, sent them out. And that is kind of funny. It actually kind of goes with the whole show anyway. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we just individually wrote them by hand and then sent them out. You know, it took us like two weeks to write them all out and send them all out. And, uh, uh you know, it was a learning experience for sure, but, you know, it was really humbling to know that that many people wanted to, uh, you know, support, and, uh, man, the, the show is huge. You know, it has millions and millions of views. Uh, that you know from,
0: uh and tons know, of spinoffs there's so many spinoffs and there's going to be so many more spinoffs it's crazy and it, it's a, just an um
2: it's an unapologetic real gritty it's uh, when you jiu-jitsu or just whatever i mean like reality tv in general it's like you know everything is kind of like pushed on there to have like drama and or whatever you know you got to sell shit i get it, it is what it is just real man and i think the 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 reason it's done so well is because so many people can relate to it it's like at a tournament there are guys these really famous guys they're unapproachable they're just unapproachable humans like not because of physically how they look it's not because they look like big nfl guys that are ripped it's just because maybe a certain arrogance or maybe they have an air about them that's just they're just unapproachable but us like the hillbilly hammer anyone can walk up to this guy and talk to him let me tell you what he did this weekend he wins the money he he gets the uh, uh, the place match he wins it for $7,500 yeah. and you get a $1,000 submission bonus and the okay. guy that he had lost to he got hurt in their match so he like hurt himself to beat Jacob and he couldn't do it so Jacob got to go on and win the third place match so Jacob takes his money and he tells the guy $1,000 I yeah. got that submission match to him because he got hurt, and Jacob shows me later in his bank account he has negative one dollar. That's no bullshit. So he he donates the money that he won to this guy who got his knee hurt, and and he told me after he asked me, hey, he thought like to I'd like to do something, I'd, I'd like to to give something away. I said, yeah, of course, brother, it's yours. You know, it's uh, um, Jacob didn't have a dad; his grandmother raised him. So for a lot of these guys, I'm like their dad. You Dude, know? that's you know? an incredible story. And he, uh, so if, if you if you get on a uh, Flow Grappling's Instagram, they put it on there. You can see him, uh, and, and he makes the the speech on there and says, "Hey, to John Blink, I'd like to give him give him the money." And uh, I, I think John Blink actually told him no, you know, to, to keep it. He's a wonderful guy, but uh, just the thought, man, for Cash to have nothing and just wanna to give it back. He's such a happy guy. He wins, he's smiling. He loses, he's smiling. Uh, it's, it's kind funny. of funny you hear all the other guys talk, and they're like, "Yeah, man." kick each other's asses or we're gonna be the best and he just says like man i'm just so happy to be here And the hotel room is so nice and i got to ride on the airplane and he's just so excited to just maybe it's because
0: he has a girlfriend is that his girl in the show uh, uh
2: no no
0: because there is uh, a girl in the show who's like sometimes sitting next to him in the camper and shit
2: oh yeah yeah she, she's uh she, she, she had came to- that's not obviously. his girlfriend no, not his Girl. girlfriend. They're, all, they're they're all just like you know really good friends and hanging out. And She came down uh, to, to stay oh, for a cool. few. So she she moved to uh, to to train, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, girlfriend. You know, he's got some lady friends or whatever, you know. Uh, a he, he, he young guy, but uh, man, he he's just such yeah. a such a fucking cool kid, man. He's just so happy, man. I, and I, I'm so proud of him for uh, just. You know, like he never loses focus uh, uh, on on just, just being cool, dude. He's just such a, a approachable, nice guy, man. And it's like all these kids asking him for autographs this weekend. It was so amazing to see him come from what he's came from. And, uh, you know, it's it really amazing for me to see that, man. I'm so proud of him.
0: What's the youngest kid in your gym?
2: Uh, I had a 15-year-old, a full-time, a 15. 15- like sent him i think they just kind of didn't want him anymore and they, they they sent him down and then he was able to do because of covid we got a lot of younger like 15 16 17 year olds uh they, they would uh they they dropped them off and uh uh some of them i think just kind of didn't want them they were able to do school online so i think some of the parents kind of used that as an excuse and that's not all of them some of them are amazing parents you know it's just uh so he, he, he's 16 now. So I think 16 is like the youngest, like full-time uh, uh, kid, you know, so they have to get up. And so some, you know, some of the kids, they live in the gym and they get up and they go to school, you know, normal. There's no shower in the gym. They shower outside. They have this little and they take a shower and uh, it's like uh, so it, 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 it's tough, but they get up and they go every day. And I tell them, look, if you're not doing this, if you're not doing the things you're supposed to be doing, you can't stay here. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, if, if your grades fall below this, I'm a little rough on them that, you know, I, I the standards really high because I said, look, we're constantly, people are looking for a reason to uh, yep. Yep. shut the down or complain or be jealous, you know, and, and hate on it. So I tell them you are held to a serious standard on this man. And they all do wonderful the older guys, help the younger guys, you know, they, they help take them to school and, um, they, uh, so now all the kids, actually there's no more kids to stay in the gym. Now though we've, uh, we got a house to where there's a, was a, a teacher. He, he runs a place and he, he, he had a bunch of rooms. So he just stay there and he helps them with the school stuff. And uh, he, he's done really well for himself in, in business and was able to retire early. So he's uh he helps all the younger guys out that kind of needed a place to go. And, uh, up there when you, uh, just drop you off. And then I think a lot of them realize, oh man, maybe, uh, Maybe they no, didn't around. This wasn't just. No one gym.
0: sleeps in the gym anymore. Did I hear that right? What did you say about that?
2: No, just, uh, j- just the young kids. you know. I, I didn't oh, really right. The, the younger ones in there. Uh, right. Makes sense.
0: Like, hey is any of the polarizing shit that's going on in society come into your gym? Any of the woke stuff, any of the, the pro vaccine, anti vaccine, um, uh, you yeah. don't have enough women. You don't have enough people of color. You don't have enough, uh, pygmy elves. Like do you, is any of that shit? Does that um, get into your gym?
2: No, it's, you, it's pretty like, online, you know, like people will see the things and they, they, they talk shit, but it's, it, it's kind of like, uh, the boys are funny, man. They'll get to the big group and they'll read like the negative comments, and then they all just laugh. I've, I've like uh, I've conditioned them to not give a fuck about um, anything that anything anybody says or thinks. You know what the show on the first first now if you go on YouTube now, it's it's funny. There'll be a thousand comments and nine hundred and eighty of them are wonderful. So that's really rare. You know what I mean? It's like yep. anything. If you're a cyclist, someone's gonna talk shit. But uh, you know, I, I think it's hard to talk shit about all people are just, you know, happy and they're doing good and it's like, you know, giving it it's it's kinda of tough to touch in on it, but yeah, you know how it is. People can find uh their way. Luckily enough in southern Illinois, we live in a place to where it's small enough to you know, like COVID came and and uh, you know It didn't really matter, man. It was just kind of everybody's choice. Hey, if you want to, if you want to do these, do them. If you don't, don't, uh, we never had masks here ever, bro. Never. The restaurants never shut down.
0: I'm moving to Mount Vernon. I'm moving. (laughs) Self-esteem. I won't wear a mask or put a mask on my kids. There's no fucking way I would ever do anything to put a mask on a four-year-old child or a six-year-old child. I, and I and I think that if you do do that, you're a fucking abusive parent who's not thinking clearly. And you should pull your head out of your ass. You should do a hundred burpees and think about it again. That's my opinion.
2: If you went up to if you went up to uh, Chicago, though, you know, it, or anything, even if you went two hours up in the state, Illinois is an extremely hardcore. Um, it's a very democratic, uh, you know. Like uh, they're they're in control big time up there. So Isn't that
0: funny? They're called Democrats, but they don't do anything that's democratic or with liberty. It's the same in my town. My whole town. Everywhere I go, eighty percent of the people are masks. We. I'm just not doing that.
2: Man, my Am not doing that? All my friends in California with their gyms, man. I, I I'm I'm so I'm so just uh, you know disappointed for them, man. They've they've spent their whole lives building, you know. Twenty. 20- yes. And they so many of them just lost everything, man. It's uh, you know when Garth I,
0: Taylor, Jiu Jitsu survived. That that's when it comes to having a good community too. People really love Garth. And like that place can't fail because it's really our it's really where my kids go to school. My the jitsu gym my kids go to is their school. It's where they're gonna meet girls, where they're gonna meet boys, where they're gonna learn big words, where they're gonna learn math, where they're gonna I mean, it's everything. They're gonna learn discipline, they're gonna um, figure out which books to read. So that place can't no. fail, and the parents no. came together and threw a lot of money at it to make sure it stayed open.
2: That, that, that's wonderful, man. We're, so part of, part of the part of the thing about being here and, and being in a small place, like everyone always says, like, hey, why don't you move to to you know the, to California? You know, you can make a there's a Compton in California. We actually have a little uh, a little club that's out there in Hawthorne uh, in California. Wow. you know, the, the guy's a teacher at a. a uh, a school like a, a second chance school like a safe school so he goes with like you know like uh ex-gang bangers and like uh, it's pretty hardcore where he's uh he lives for the shit man he loves it his brother's the state's attorney here so they're like a family that really like gives back to community and uh he moved out there uh it's been really rough on him man he had a really great program and was a lot of kids and making stuff happen and uh, it got shut down unfortunately kind of with the covid now uh, he he's obviously struggling he's a school teacher but uh at one of those schools, but it, man, it's just been so tough on everybody to, uh, you know, j- j- just to make it. And, uh, and Mount Vernon with the rent being 500 bucks, I mean, we, we never ever stopped it. You know what I mean? We just kept doing what, you know, life just kept going. And, um, you know, we were, we we're lucky that you know, n- nobody ever got sick or anything like that. So it was, so we just, uh, I mean, I, I think for like eight months, there wasn't even COVID here. It never even made its way. You know, P- people don't leave their, uh, you know, they might go to St. Louis shop or something. You know, but for the most point, it's just such a small, small place. And uh, you can call that whatever you want. You know, like people, people in big places might think, oh, like, uh, you know, people think when you're from the Midwest that you know you're, uh, like, automatically you're just a dumb redneck that fucks his sister. You know what I mean? It's like,
0: yeah, that's what they tell us. That's what they tell us in California. I, I you're, you're, you, you have it spot on. We're told oh, to believe that you guys are dumb and yeah, that's how we're raised. Everyone in the middle of the country is dumb and doesn't know what they're doing and is, are bad people. And then man. we visit there and you guys are the nicest people in the world and we're like, wait a second.
2: Interesting enough, it's really funny. Something I've learned with uh, the Jacob Couch, the Hill Hammer Kid, is uh, when people hear his voice, they slow the way that they talk down. It's like automatically they think he's like Rain Man. You know what I mean? It's like he has his Kentucky accent so all of us. He's just this dumb redneck hillbilly. You know what I mean? It's kind of he's a really sharp kid. It's funny to, uh, and he puts it on. He puts it on thick sometimes. You know what I mean? But uh, it's funny to, to when people hear that immediately in their mind, just think like when someone's from the country, you know that they're, uh, you know they're a little slower. Uh, and hey, look, things are slower here. Like if if you, uh, it's it's funny, you know, because people say like. California is, uh, you know, we're just using that because you're from there. It's a really liberal place, but it's, man, the Midwest, maybe people are uh, in in a lot of places in the Midwest. I mean, you can get hardcore Republican type people out here, but man, for the most part, nobody really gives a fuck about what you're doing. Or, you know, it's like, uh, it's, and it's kind of funny. It's, it's kind of the opposite to what people really think. It's like, like in New York city, very very liberal place you know but at the same time by by liberal the the, the some of these people are, they're the most judgmental people all i mean they think of course if you're not if you're not an incredible person in their mind that's open to everything basically you're just a piece of shit you know and like uh it's just kind of funny man with the politics uh, and it goes both ways on both sides you know what i mean P- people are just they're just so close when it comes to come to things, and in the Midwest, we're really where I'm from. Anyway, we're really lucky to just have. I don't know. I, I think this is one of the freest places ever. Be, being here, I just think it's uh it's small enough to where nobody really cares about what you're doing. And,
0: you said when you went to high school, you were saying something like you were like one of seven white kids in the beginning of the podcast, something like that. Am I getting that right? Or in your neighborhood?
2: In in grade school, in grade school, it was like that uh, from from like kindergarten until like sixth or seventh grade. Then once you get into all the other schools so there were like uh like seven or eight grade schools you know and there's like the the nice grade school was like uh you know uh, on this part of town and then on the there's a place called horseman was the name of it and, uh it's it's just the neighborhood it's the black
0: neighborhood of the poor Is, neighborhood. isn't isn't it funny so your perspective might be similar to mine when I was 16 years old I, I moved uh, my mom kicked me out of the house and I moved into an apartment building my dad owned and it was in the Oakland Berkeley border and I was all of a sudden went from being in a all white neighborhood that was Hells Angels and Meth called Pacheco California to an all black neighborhood where I was the only white person except for the Asian dude who lived in the apartment across from me who dealt heroin to this I was going to say strippers to the prostitutes and I lived in that neighborhood from when I was 16 to when I was 20 and I did everything I could to learn about black culture because I came from white culture I read everything I could about the black Panthers, all this shit, blah, 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 blah. And, and it was awesome. And it was mostly, uh, even though I was 16 to 20, I mostly hung out, all the black dudes I hung out with were like all ex-cons from Soledad or San Quentin, and they were all in their 40s and 50s, and it was cool, and I would sit out and drink 40s with them, and, and I and I got a good, strong education on, 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 on that culture. And now we're in this giant, we went through just this fucking insane Black Lives Matter movement, which was the most disgusting sad abusive thing towards black culture that i've ever seen if you were a black person and you supported black lives matter you uh, uh you're i'll be surprised if you can ever wake up because of what you did that r- hurt your people it is really really sad what you've done you've supported the victocracy but now 70 percent of the black skinned people are refusing the vaccine and now all of a sudden black lives don't matter they won't let you get a job in california unless you're vaccinated what happened to black lives matter they never cared about you they never were interested in you you were just being used and and you nailed it right i as a liberal i was i was raised to accept everyone to love everyone but it's not like that it's a giant lie it's just it's just talk it's just rhetoric none of my no one i know would have lived in that neighborhood that i lived in no one and the same thing about homelessness. I was homeless for two years. I'm t- fucking tired of people talking about homelessness. It's 99% of homeless people are fucking drug addicts in California. They're drug addicts. I was homeless for two years. That's who they are. So like, it's 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 easy to feel sorry for homeless people when you're rich and throw money at it. You're You are the same people that feed seagulls at the beach and so we all get shit on. You think you're doing good by feeding the seagulls, but you're not. You're causing the rest of us to get shit on. Sorry, I go on these rants every once in a while. And I just, I love people who are actually doing the help for people. And these idiots can sit in their ivory towers and be like, you don't have enough black people at the gym. You don't, you're not following COVID restrictions. Fuck you. He's helping boys who could otherwise be violent criminals and hurt society. Instead, they're going to be contributing leaders. Daisy, fresh, an American jujitsu story. You have to see it. You'll want to rep the brand. It's all good people loving supportive people all right
2: I'm, I'm i'm just proud to be a part of all that man and i mean not not bullshitting dude
0: it's like well a what part can't... of it you started it you're the leader you're putting your ass on the line man that yeah, documentary let's... makes you guys vulnerable i'm telling you it makes you vulnerable the, the, the guys and the
2: girls though that they, they've their lives you know as uh maybe not as long as i have but you know that that it's uh i am part of it man maybe i'm the leader and they've given that, that responsibility, which I'm, I'm really proud to have that, uh, that, that that title or to be that, but I really am just that that they, they give their lives as much as I do. They've dedicated the things and maybe it's only been for a year for them or two years. It's been 25 for me, but that doesn't make me owed anything because no matter what doors I open for them, I'm still just a part of it, man. And I'm hundred percent. Okay. And that's the way that I want I, I want them to always feel like this is ours and we're doing it together. and It's a shared, it should be a shared feeling. And when, uh, you know, uh, it, it, I think that that makes more people when they come in and they, they. it's kind of funny. People will come in and they always are kind of a little bit nervous when they're like meeting me to come and train. Because, uh, you know, most places, like I said, these guys, and they're the, king of the kingdoms. They don't want the guys to go and train other they're really they're really controlling about like uh and all it comes down to at the end of the day is uh th- that's that word loyalty you know it can be used to control instead of uh, uh you should be loyal but uh controlled you know what i mean uh, be loyal to what you believe in but not controlled by uh, a system or not controlled by you know other people's thoughts you know be loyal to your thoughts and your the things that you want and uh you know, I think when you do that and you don't really give a fuck about anything else, I just think it, it, it you, you grow a more with that, that attitude. And, uh, I could care less if the guys go, they can go and train somewhere for six months if they want that doesn't matter to me if they want to go, uh, and they wanted to leave, I would miss, you know, them very much, but if, if am happy and it's, uh, it's going to improve their quality of life. And, uh, the people who are going to be in their life, man, I'm hundred percent okay with that. And that's not the, Hey, I have a bunch of other people, so fuck attitude. It's just, I really mean that. I just want them to be happy. But times in life that I wasn't happy. And, and I, you know, I, I was looking for things or thought that I needed more things and, uh, you know, maybe didn't appreciate what I did have. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I just think you got to get out there and you got to fail and you got to fail and you fail. And then, you figure it out that's the way that you figure it out not, not from gifts or or not not from uh anything else just that uh, you know you know failure really really builds you know uh it, it builds you know what i mean like going back to what you said about your boys earlier they fall down they get up you know and if uh if someone's constantly picking you up and uh you know doing it so and that's how i am with the gym man i i, I created the environment and opened the door for the environment to give them the opportunity to do that but they have to do it you know what i mean i i created the system but they're the ones that have to do the hard work they have to show up they have to give up partying and and you know chasing girls or guys they have to give up uh uh you know the the you know sometimes uh you know uh the fun things in life to to to, to maybe be a champion you know that's what separates people who are champions in life from people who are just good or people who are you know um a little better than everyone else. Something. These are the things that, you know, you know how it is. It'd be great to go out and party all yeah. the time. And, but, uh, you know, you got to save your money and you got to use it towards the important things that are going to you know, benefit in the future. You have to constantly invest in yourself. And that's not just with money. It's with, uh, you know, uh, every move that you make is important. You know what I mean? And it's, um, just finding that balance between happiness and, you know, being productive. I think are, are it's, a uh, and I've been really lucky. You know, I've kind of been able to figure it out. And, uh, and it was definitely through trial and error, you know, I had so much failure and so much, uh, never really any help, uh, honestly, Siobhan it's been, uh, so that, that I've gotten, you know, it's just been through like really those people that s- supported me, you know, like, uh, you know, girlfriends or best friends, uh, uh, everything else has just kind of been something I've had to just do. And, and uh, not had any idea what the fuck I was doing and just fail and uh, figure out, okay, that's not the way, you know, start all over and try again, start all over and try again. And, uh, you know, I think that's with anything, though. I don't think that's just jujitsu. I think that's not just sports. It's uh, everything in general, you know what I mean? Business and, and and everything. It's just, you know, you figure it out. I think we figure things out as we go along. It's like being a dad. When you find out that you're gonna be a dad, it's the most exciting, petrifying thing in the entire world. And when the baby comes out, you're, you don't even touch it almost because you're afraid that you're going to hurt it. Or well, what if you, what if you dropped it? Or what, what if I, what if <laughs> yep. I All that. And then you realize <laughs> it's of funny. It's why second kids are usually so much tougher than the first. Kids. Yep. yep. The, the first one, you know, you, you, the rules and society's told you, Hey, you have to do this. And yep. I remember I, I, I did a tournament and I took, took Gavin to, to to a a tournament when he was like three three weeks old i had him on an airplane and like people were like complaining i actually took him out to california and they were i remember a bunch of people telling me oh you should cover him up you should do this and 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 i just remember thinking like they were they were pussies and thinking about like uh back in the day like you know the indians or the things that were here they you know i doubt that they that's probably not what they would have done i'm pretty sure that he'll be okay i remember at first kind of trying to take people's advice on uh you know being a dad and raising just realizing nobody knows what the fuck they're doing man they've just been told this by someone else that had a kid and it's just trial and error man and then when you have this second you realize that they're like the most um you know they're incredible you know what i mean like
0: they're resilient as shit my kids never wear shoes my kids never have taken a shot my kids just i just don't feed them added sugar or refined carbohydrates as little as possible i mean a birthday party here and there and then, yeah, kids are so resilient. I, I, my kids started wearing shoes for the first time when he started crashing on a skateboard. And he's like, "Hey, I think I might need shoes." I'm like, "Yeah, then yeah. now's probably a good time to put some on."
2: And it was like, you know, I, I was a kid in, 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 in the '80s, and I think that the, I think the '90s kind of kids were the, the kind of the, the some of the last groups that you're always outside. You know, like, yep. I mean, dude, we. I, I was thinking the other day about these trees at the park that was there that we used to climb up in man it, it was scary looking up there now that i'm an adult i'm like holy if we would have fell out of it, we'd have been dead you know what i mean if yeah just like that now it was like uh you know th- there were no kids there at the park you know it was like old people walking around the kids weren't playing the stuff had like spray paint on it and it was like no 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 one's they're, they're just not interested a lot of times in like you know being outside and uh you know and um uh, i think a lot of that just kind of gets handed down you know from like the the, the 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 parents, you know what I mean. They're like they're just so scared
0: of things. Everyone's scared. Everyone's so scared. They've ruined their lives. They're they're they've they they and no one can do risk assessment anymore. Yeah, no, for sure. I I, I, I used to write Walmart. It's like it was across town,
2: like six miles, and I I mean it was like. <laughs> Dude, if you let your kid, and I was like five years old, six years old. And it was normal. You know, it wasn't just my parents. It was like all the kids in the neighborhood. You know, we would like go and buy a baseball card, whatever There, uh, yeah. You know? And, uh, dude, if you let your kid do that now, you, you would go to jail. I mean, they would put you in jail for, for, for that, you know, you'd be
0: in trouble. You know, it's like, uh, um, it's think of all the creeks you swam in. Think of all the crazy shit you did with as kids. Rocks you through, creeks you swam in, gross shit that they that no one ever does anymore because they're terrified.
2: No, no, it, and it it really is. It's a real thing, man. You know, it's it, it's and, and and you can tell in society, uh, it, it just happens. Like especially coaching with the kids, it's like uh some of the parents that come in are so pussyfied. And the funny thing is, they want their kids to win. That's all that matters to them. Is you know maybe they. Do shit in their lives, so they want to live through their kids, and they want them to be winners and the best. And sometimes I don't know if it's for their kid and for so they can brag and be better. It's like it's like high school for them all over again. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: be, like, I got a little bit of that. I'm guilty of a little bit of that. I there I didn't dance, so I want my kids to dance. I didn't fight. Well, I fought, but I didn't like. I did wasn't good at it, and so I want my kids to be able to fight. I, I you know I get it.
2: I don't I, think. I, I, like- I don't think wanting them to do something is bad. I I think that's good. I think, you know, there were times that I would look back with my parents and I would say, man, I wish that they would have been a little bit more hardcore on me with, like, school. Meaning uh, uh, they made sure I was there and they wanted me to go. But, uh, you know, maybe, especially with my mom being a teacher, I, I think sometimes to myself, like, You know, uh, I didn't go to college. I went for uh, a semester and I was like, man, this, this is, this is stupid. I'm not going to do this. Um, the shit that they're teaching me about business. I knew this when I was 10 years watching the neighbor guy, sling dope. He had a million bucks. You know what I mean? So so I would think to myself, that's the wrong way to look at it. But I would just think some of this shit that I'm learning, it's just not usable in life. You know what I mean? It's like, so I, I always wanted to do jujitsu, you know, and I, I thought in my mind, maybe if I went to school and learned how to do business, it would help a little bit. And that, that lasted no time. There was a, uh, uh one, one of my professors was uh, really, really hot. So I, I stayed in for the whole semester. But other than yeah. that, that was, uh, that was, uh, I was out b- back out on the road, going to California and all these different places to train. A lot of the jitsu jiu- jiu- has always been in California. So kind of keep coming back to, to being out there. And, um, it was, uh, you know, I it, I couldn't stay in the gyms for very long because, like you said, people are always, you know, I, I saw my friend told me that during the COVID stuff that you guys had, like they were telling on people, and if you told yes. them on someone, and then you would get a check for telling on them for being open, and it was like, so you, you, first off, here where I'm from, you would die for that. People, someone would kill you for that. In all seriousness, all jokes aside, it would be like that would not go over it, it, with the people here. But for uh,
0: tattletaling.
2: Yeah, it would not be good, but uh, it's just—I don't know, man. It's just, hey,
0: and do you uh, know why you kill them? Because you're trying to keep your doors open so that you can make money, so that you can buy food for your kids. So it's basically, as soon as you do that, as soon as you stop someone from being able to put food on their table for their kids, I—I I don't know if it's right or wrong, but you should be you know that you've put your life in d- danger. Just like yeah. and like you said, we're wild animals. Like you fuck with a baby elephant and mama's going to bury you under a stack of trees so fucking high for sure
2: definitely it's true and it's not it, that that's not something i, I don't think that that's uh that's not an opinion it's just real that's just real life it's just the way it is so no matter how you feel about politics at the end of the day on, on a lot of this stuff it, it's about survival you know what i mean and right uh the, the the mental in the, in the last uh in the last in the last Two years has just been like it's been so bad for people. And uh, I actually just read that, uh, the murder rate in 2020 was up 30% from the rest of the years. It actually doubled the worth of before, I'd been 15%. The highest, it's the highest murder rate that we've ever had. I think about this with half the country was entirely closed down this whole time for the murder rate to go up on that. People weren't even outside. It's like,
0: I just, Do you know what? Do you know why I think it went up? I, I, I'm i so arrogant as I'm going to say I don't think I know why it went up. It went up because the, the, the BLM movement started hating on cops and cops started engaging people in the ghetto and stopped engaging people with black skin and violent crime skyrocketed. 51% of all murders in the United States in the last fucking 10 years have been committed by people with black skin. Does their skin color have anything to do with it? No. That's someone else's statistic. I don't give a fuck what color skin someone is. But – if you're gonna use that demographic, if you're gonna use those metrics, then you have to realize if you make it so police can't engage those people or someone's gonna turn a camera on them and get them in trouble for doing their job, then then police are gonna stop engaging them. They're just people. I have tons of friends who are cops, black, white, and other. And it's the black ones, the white ones and the other ones who are all telling me that if they pull someone if they pull up next to someone who's doing eighty five and a fifty five and they're black, they they have black skin, they go the other way. If they see someone like wielding a knife in the middle of the street, acting crazy, who's black, they go the other way. When they used to engage them, and they don't, and they're not engaging anyone in the ghetto. And guess who's suffering? Good, fucking, honest, fucking, amazing people who happen to have black skin, because these other fucking people have have made it have made it impossible for cops to do their fucking jobs. That's why I think. Sorry, yeah. got another. You got another rant out of me. No, Sorry, no,
2: Heath. No, like, you know I'm. I'm, I'm- ears open and always try, just trying to learn about things that you know that if there's some way that i can help the you know just the the, the world be better i always want to so i'm i'm, I'm always completely open to, to hearing everybody you know uh, you know because sometimes we just have our own thoughts you know what i mean it's it's as long as you're willing to open your mind and learn from other people i think you you know you, that that that's how change is done just by education you know what i mean it's, uh and uh, so, so, so me personally, I'm, I'm always, I'm a completely open mind and, pe- and, and people say that, you know, they say shit like, like, oh, I'm an open book, I'm an open man. I'm always just trying to learn and, and grow. Cause like I said, everything that I've done was mostly just through uh trial and error. So, you know, maybe all the shit that I was trying was wrong. Cause that's all I ever knew. You know what I mean? So I'm, uh, I'm always excited to just talk to people, especially on other sides of the country, you know, and like here, you know, w- what, what's going on so, you guys are a completely different, literally a different country out there, man. It's like, yes,
0: it's, it's nuts here. It's, it's nuts.
2: Ca- it's like California, Chicago, uh, you know, Houston, Dallas, and then, uh, you know, New York city. And it's, it's kind of how it's split up, you know, they're like almost like different countries in the world. And the people are so different. The people, so different, world, the people in like, you know, Mississippi are so different than the people in California. The people have no idea. You know what I mean? It's like, it's if you've never been out the the southern hospitality stuff is all real man that's like real it's uh yep. their attitudes are so different and people are like so much happier in these the places uh that uh you know it's a, it, it's really wild man like i've been really fortunate to travel with the jiu-jitsu stuff and and and, and meet and see a lot of different people and it's it's so wild in our, our, our country is such a baby you know it doesn't even really have an identity yet compared to other you know a lot of these other countries have They've been around for thousands and thousands of years. You know, when you really think about it, the United States has been a country for like a 100 years. Yeah. Like we're literally just babies, you know, trying to kind of, you know, trial and air, trying to figure things out. And, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, uh, it's an, a neat time to, to, to be alive and, 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 and see a lot of the wild stuff that's happening.
0: Matt Murphy in the comments just says Has anyone offered to donate to Daisy Fresh to make it more modern or would Heath? like to keep it old school. You know, it's interesting, Matt is in the documentary, there's t- as the documentary progresses and you can see the boys are getting more and more attention. Um, you can see that people have started donating stuff, but I'll go ahead and let, uh, Heath talk about that. Are people donating stuff?
2: Yeah. You know, p- people all the time, they said, they send the boys, you know, <laughs> there, they, uh, people are so incredible, man. They're always trying to give, you know, they like those, they send packages of, you know, that's like food and different guys and, uh, uh, we kind of got a lot of shit for a while. There were, there were a couple, uh, you know, people that are just saying, "Oh man, you know, these guys don't work; they're not doing shit." And people are sending them food. A lot of the really big names, like, man, pe people love this show, man. You know, they, they they know, they see, they 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 see what's happening, and uh, you know, it's uh, all the all the guys that are there that live there full time. They all either work or they go to school. None of them are just there lay, laying on the mats. Uh, on one of the days, he had a. He, he had a, a food card and people freaked out, man, during that. It was like right when COVID first started and he had had food stamp. It was like, why are you sending these guys? Up? You know, these like the welfare babies, you know, and like they're just taking and it's never been like that, man. It's, it's, it's not like that at all. It's um so of course always uh now the building itself, a lot of people say, okay, why, why not fix up the building? You know, it's like, uh you know, so I've never ever planned on staying there. You know, it's you can have the most killer badass pirate ship in the world, but if it has holes in it, there's no point to paint it. You know what I mean? You'd have to fix the holes. And um, so I'm just planning to move. I've got this place, and like I said, we're slowly like closing in on it. And uh, there's so so the hope is to get this other place to so we can have more you know more classes and better stuff for like younger younger groups and like 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 you know like uh, females and all, all, all stuff. It's gonna give us a lot more space and a lot more uh you know it was actually a before so it's set up it's like showers and locker rooms and so that uh the that, that that's the the plan is to move in there. So it's like sometimes people wanna especially the mats. You know, in the show in the jiu jitsu community, the the pedigree submission fighting mats are like the most talked about, feared disgusted things to people in the world which is really funny to me you know i mean it's like but uh so people always say hey you know what well, maybe, maybe we could make a donation or do something for new mats but uh when we get a new place you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get some new mats and we'll you know we'll make everything a bit nicer but uh, i'm just going to keep this shit real it's always going to be kind of kind of like hardcore and i always got kind of want that old school rough uh there's no heat in there and there's no there's no Condition in there, I like it like that. I prefer to keep it like that, it like it's it, it just it just makes it tough. And uh, there are a lot of people out there that say, uh, especially in the jiu-jitsu community, they'll say like uh, you have to train like this to you don't have to live like this to be a world champion, and that's true. That's probably true for people, but this is the way that we do shit, and we're winning. And not only that, uh, if we're not the right now, we're definitely one of the. Right now. So maybe, maybe people should consider. Maybe we don't know what the fuck we're doing, you know. Maybe there's a reason that they're making these shows, and maybe there's a reason that we keep winning and success. And, and it's not because there's not uh, heat and air condition. It's because the environment is tough and man. You know what I mean? It's a uh, I, I, I weed out the people that uh, that, that don't want to be there, and they're not real. It's, it's I don't use the gym to make money. You know what I mean? The gym to build better humans, tough humans you know people that are going
0: to be able to create other tough humans. It's a tough time to be a little bit tough. And I think I never think you'll be the best version of you unless you hit rock bottom. I don't believe there's any amount of meditation, religious practice, I don't believe there's, there's any you'll you'll meet these fucking amazing enlightened people and they'll tell you no, you don't have to take the path I did and, and have a near death experience or be suicidal. Bullshit. If you don't hit rock bottom, you will not climb to the highest peaks. You will not I have not met anyone. I do not know any story of one. Um, and if if you want, you must you must experience something very very. <sighs> I don't know what the word is, but uh, I, I I I fully support what he's doing. And by the way, I mean, do you think that working at a at a Budweiser plant is more noble than um uh, than doing jujitsu full time and not having a job? I know he said they either go to school or they don't have a job. But so what if they didn't? You think you think working at the Coca-Cola plant is more noble? You think you think, oh, I put in 40 hours a week working at 7 Eleven. I deserve more than the guy who's training jujitsu full time. No, you don't. No, you don't. You sell candy and poison to little kids full time and you yeah. make a living out of it. You're, you're not no. more noble than them. If I if I want to give money to the guy playing the violin on the corner, that's my fucking business. If I want to give money to the kids who are practicing jujitsu, and, and growing up to be strong men, good husbands, and good fathers—that's my business. Fuck you. I think working at Coca-Cola makes you a piece of shit. How's that? And there's it, half the country does shit that peddles poison. No,
2: no, so there,
0: those people can eat a dick.
2: Yeah, no, that's they, Kind of how it's been, like I said, I I think it's funny, you know. So like I said, uh, I I found the conditioned the boys because it, it wouldn't matter, you know, especially the the they kid. He would. Man, he would get his feelings hurt. People would say something mean about him, and he'd come and show me. And uh, at first, I'd kind of blow him off and say, Jacob, what do you care about what, what some guy in Oklahoma says that doesn't – you're never going to meet this guy. Who cares? And then uh, that approach really
0: – And he'd never say it to your face. And he'd never say it to your face, and he's jealous. But go on, sorry. No, no. I
2: always t- That's what I always told the guys. They'd say, oh, you know – uh y- You know, they'll say, yeah, fuck Heath, whatever, for this and that. And, you know, he's like leading these kids the wrong way. And I was just telling look, man, I'm at all these places. Someone wants to say something, they can come up and say it. I could care less, literally, I could literally care less about what anybody thinks or how they feel. As long as those kids are happy and they're growing, they're going to be successful. And I mean this shit. About the happiness thing dude it's the most important thing of all just being happy life is so short if you're not what makes you happy you know what i mean then you're you're doomed it's just uh and 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 i think people are searching for the wrong things up they think the wrong shit's going to make them happy you know they think like a woman is going to make them happy or they think that you know that only thing that can make them happier, money or having uh, you know, a nice car, a nice ship. And at the end of the day, if you don't make yourself happy, you can't make anyone else happy. You think that your mm. kids know. When your kids are little, they know everything about you. They watch every move you make. They know when you're sad. They know when, And you can tell. When you're not having a good day, your kid will crawl up there on your lap. They know. They can feel your energy constantly all the time. And that's how I feel with the, the kids in the gym. They know. So it's important for me. Sometimes I have to be a little selfish. I have to take the time to do things that make me happy. I'm lucky because that's what makes me happy. But uh, just be, just try to be cool and be happy, man. It's literally life is that simple. If everyone could just do that, care a little less about other things, care about yourself a little bit more, and just be happy and be cool, man. And then it was like that's what California originally was. You know what I mean? It's like when when, when you look back. I think that's that's California was the coolest place, like th- the '60s and '70s when it's like starting up. That was the place where you could go, and no one gives a fuck, you know. And if you wanted to go out there and do drugs, you could go out there and do drugs. You could just be happy, and no, no one would, no one would fucking judge you about this or that, you know. You could just do your thing, and then you know, then all these rules came along, and all these like just judgmental uh Just there's so much, you know what I mean? And it it, it kind of now it's kind of switched. It's like it's a uh, California was the most, you know, like liberal place in the world. Now it's almost like uh, it's almost opposite. It's like the most judgmental place in the world. If you don't agree with someone out there, you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? And not just California. Not not to I love California.
0: No, no, I hear you. You're 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 speaking correct.
2: You're, you're from there, so so you get it. It's just uh, you 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 just have to you know what I mean? Some, some I think just just be cool. Just be cool and be happy. And if, if everyone could just have that fucking, that mindset, shit would just be so much better, man. It's so incredible. And uh,
0: it, everyone in California should be happy. They live in the most beautiful place on earth. It's so beautiful here.
2: And, and maybe sometimes I've actually bagged California in one of the Daisy Fresh episodes and they were really upset about this. man. I was just breaking balls anyway, but uh, <laughs> I, I said. How tough can someone be if it's 78 degrees every day and it, I, yes I, I
0: heard it it's truth it's the truth it's the that, truth that, i heard that
2: but all i they hated that man but all i really meant that was man just you know it, it's so amazing out there you know what i mean it's beautiful and there's beautiful people everywhere and it's like just just fucking you know just enjoy life for what it is instead of always chasing down bullshit you know what i mean if uh you know what I mean? it's it, it's just you know, just care less about uh, how many people like your shit. You know, just you know, try to you know try try someone else out. You know what I mean? And try try, try to use your happiness. Uh, you know, the, to to do shit like that. You know what I mean? And I think you immediately see how much things change for, for for you when you when you care less a little about like other people and what they do and what they think. I think that it just yes. takes this you know this big this big weight off your back. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've always been really lucky even from when I was a kid to just, you know, I never need anything to do that. I just kind of always never gave a fuck about, and everyone says that says they don't care, but those are usually the ones who care the most.
0: You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. I've always been, they want to not care. I get the sentiment. You want to not care, but it's different saying it and really not caring.
2: It's funny earlier that you mentioned Jeff Bezos thing that they always put uh When, when, uh, when, when Phil Grappling puts pictures of me up, uh, all the people always talk shit and say, it's Jeff
0: Bezos because (laughs) (laughs) you have the same haircut. No, I think,
2: you know, I mean, the the boys at the gym always laugh. Like I said, man, it's fun. I'm always, I love breaking balls anyway. I like when kind of like people talk shit and they're trying to have a good time. I think it's fun. And, uh, it's, you know, I don't know. It it, it is what it is, dude. It's all, uh, do you not,
0: do you not give your phone number out? Yeah, it's on, you can get it on the,
2: it's a 618-731-2644. I get about to, hold on. I'll show, I'll show you here. J- just during our, so I, I get about 2,000 text messages a day. Um, oh, what? So I, don't, I don't know if you can see that on there, on the messages right here. It's, oh. Uh, so just during a thing, I, I get 177 text. We've, we've been up two two hours
0: and something, it's uh. So how does anyone contact you? I was wondering, cause most of my guests, yeah, that's insane. How does anyone contact you?
2: So, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I and what happens is when I get home and I get done with my day, I usually sit down and every, everybody in the, the family goes to bed and I'll usually take about two hours and try to go through messages. And I always try to reply to everyone. Always. But, uh, Alejandro, uh, Viner, uh, W A J N E R that that's, uh, he actually runs the PIGO submission fighting Instagram so I am extremely, extremely uh, appreciative and lucky to have him because he...
0: Alejandro's the one that wears the shirt always open with the necklace?
2: That's the guy. That's that's him, yeah. He, he's the... Uh, uh, yeah, that's him. He looks like he's from Brooklyn. He's always got the gold chains on. And,
0: he's a sweetheart of a man. What a sweetheart of a man.
2: Yeah, He, he just said on, on our, our, our YouTube, the Pedagos Submission Fight YouTube, uh, man, if people like the Daisy Fresh shows, literally almost once a week we put out something they're literally like dizzy fresh episodes and these uh you know you can like the guys on there it's completely free obviously and uh they uh it, 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 it's it's really neat man to be able to just have where he had through worse and his uh, when i met him i had never really met i had never alejandro before and uh, they uh that he, he reached out to me and he, he was moving out to California and his wife had just, uh, they were on the wrestling team together and she had like slept with all the guys on the wrestling team that he was with. And he'd constantly Ouch. like, like take her back. And she would kind of like do the same thing. And then it was like, uh, he was going to, his brother lives in California. He was going to run off. And, uh, a guy had reached out to me in Mount Vernon, uh, that, uh, he, he, he had told me, Hey man, I, I, I think I hooked up with this guy. That, that you on your team uh, he he didn't train or anything He was actually from my old neighborhood I think I hooked up with his wife I didn't want there to be any problems and it was out so I reached out to him to ask him about this and he told me man my my wife cheated on me again she's extremely religious from this very very religious family and uh, he said hey, I'm moving to uh, I'm moving out there and I told him hey why don't you uh, the, the mother just walked in
0: so. Hey, the Alejandro, thank you for putting me in touch with Heath. I'm finding out how incredibly hard it is to get in touch with him. I feel so lucky now to have had yeah. almost three hours of his time. Crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, getting all the Heath pedagogy uh, really tough. I, I, do, I do one of these. Uh, your camera's in there now. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, George just got here. They just got done with practice, so they're excited. But uh, I do one of these about once every couple months, man. So I actually have the boys pick the, the – they think the fuck – guys that are like don't they really give a shit about impressing anyone they're just doing it because they love it so they they picked you and i said yeah fuck it let's do that guy's thing
0: do you have any so, crossfitters in the bunch
2: um, if i did they would tell us all about it right yeah, well, I was uh, an
0: executive I- at CrossFit, and, and and that's how I sort of know some of these names, because the founder of CrossFit was big in the jiu-jitsu scene, Greg Glassman, and that's how oh, I yeah. met Garth Taylor. And the and you mentioned a guy before that Greg used to mention a lot, the guy who has that website, that message board, um, something the Matt.
2: Oh, yeah, Scotty. So uh, I do actually – I get those guys. I actually love the CrossFit guys because they're like – so they're like the closest thing because, you know, everything's full body, and they're like – it's hard, man. So with uh and I was just kidding when they said anyone who does anything talks.
0: Of course, I. No, it's true. It's true. You no,
2: know, I'm, I'm just breaking balls. But uh,
0: I actually break balls away.
2: I love when I get those guys because man, they're so um, they're they game. Uh, they are. They're, they're really game, and they're the feeling of you know that your chest is going to explode, and you got to be you know that humans are capable of so much, man. It's like we, we can that that governor that we have in our mind. It's like it's full job is to tell you hey uh savan you gotta chill out bro it's like you gotta you you gotta go go easy you know like back up that, that that's your brain's job is to like get you to not do shit that's too hard it always wants you to be safe unfortunately that's what keeps you from usually you know like being uh you know great is that thing so you've got to rip that fucking thing out try to throw it away and just constantly push yourself And the crossfitters man they uh they're really good at that, so it's a. I don't have to take the time usually when I get them as competitors to tell them that hey, you're not gonna, die. you know what I mean? Your your heart's not gonna blow up. They're kind of used to that feeling. So I'm actually when I get them, I'm am really glad. Appreciate man, they're fucking tough. So it's like, um, I, I I get them. And there's a kid from St. Louis that comes over that I competed in the cross games, and uh, he had done really good, man. And when he came in, he was just like, you know, he was just a. Monster man and I. Uh, I wish he could have came to Mount Vernon full time but he's a policeman actually over in St. Louis that uh, he uh, man Do you remember man, his name? Yeah, Matt Green is his name. He's uh he he he's a wrestler that wrestled for Lindenwood and uh he changed over in St. Louis. Great guy. He's he's done a he's had a really incredible uh, uh he's just done really really well with you know in his Jiu-Jitsu and and wrestling life. And I think that's because a lot of his crossfit stuff is like really really like you know kept him you know like you said man they're just game dude it's uh it's a that's a perfect word for them actually man you know it's like they're always up for that dog fight you know what i mean that just like rough you know uh um, they're hard to break so i wish i could get more of them if you know they're on their ass send them my way
0: dude you're gonna have a you're gonna have a problem soon you're gonna have too many people coming to you uh you probably have that problem already i've had three hours of your time heath and i um if you ever get a new phone number. I I beg of you to share it with me. I promise I won't text you too much. I'm sort of afraid to get off the phone with you because I'm afraid it could be the last time I ever talk to you. I will continue to to watch the Daisy Fresh and American Jiu-Jitsu tale. I will continue to bug all of uh, your guys and try to get more of them on my show. Um, It's been an absolute honor. This is the longest podcast I've ever done. The good news is the last one I did that was two hours and 45 minutes was huge and exploded. So I think people will really like this one too.
2: Okay, look, there's anything in that number. You, anyone can, you, you can use that. I apply. Sometimes it takes me a long time. It's, it's, it's not just about jujitsu. You know what I mean? It's like, I always, like I said, at the beginning of the pro, the podcast, I'm an activist in the jujitsu revolution. What that means, the jujitsu revolution, jujitsu for everyone. You don't have to be connected to anyone. And, uh, th- 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 this is not in any way, shape or form like an anti-Brazilian, uh, I don't I, that's not what I mean at all. You can be from where from a group of people uh, and you can be successful. You know what I mean? Our team has proven that, you know, we don't have connection, major work. People. It's just something that we built with hard work and like love and dedication. And that's what the jujitsu revolution is to me. And I think you can use that in all walks of life. You know what I mean? It's just that that's, that's the most important thing. So if there's anything ever, that I can help anyone with. I don't give a shit less if you do jujitsu or not. It doesn't matter. The Pentagon submission fighting Instagram. Alejandro's on there. Anyone can contact me. I'll, any anyone that I can help, I will always help in any way. I don't have much to give, but I'll give everything that I have to to always just trying to make you know the the the, the world a better place in the way that I'm able to do that. So uh, anything. I mean, I, I I'm glad. I have love for people to contact. The boys love it and they're always just, they're so excited, man, to just be a part of everybody's life. And through this, we've got to meet so many wonderful people. And it's just, uh, man, I'm just so proud of what we've built and being able to like, be on be on things like your show, man. It's just a, it's, you know, it's a way to reach so many people we could never reach before. But uh, you know, the, the, the world's a
0: great place, man. Isn't it uh, yeah. so fun? Living is yeah. so fun.
2: And it's easy to get down, man. It's easy to feel like it's not. And I just think that sometimes we need reminder of that. And there's so many people out there that struggle the same way. And other, some people are just tougher than other people, man. You know, they're like <laughs> wired. To, they're, they're wired to to deal with just hard shit better than other people are. It's never your fault, you know. It's a, a, the same like it's it's okay to not be okay, thing, you know. But dude, I think everyone goes through that at some point, you know. What I mean, it's uh, you know, it's 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 just so hard to deal with that. It, want to deal with that shit sometimes and um uh, man i just i hope that people will, will, will use the you know to, to use us if they need anything if there's any way we can help if someone wants i don't care if you do jujitsu or not come out date with us hang out with us the entire time just fucking get away from wherever you need to get away from that it's just use us you got use our platform and there it, it, it's it's nothing you know no one's asking for anything it's just the, the the Daisy Fresh thing. It's like the Daisy Fresh Army. Man. It's like people. It, it, that. It's just being a part of something that's just bigger than you. Realizing there's so many people that are like you out there. That, uh, that sometimes man. And it's uh, and you have good days. You have bad days, dude. You just got to keep your chin up and fucking hang in there and be tough. And everyone can do that. You can do it. It's just, you know, just remember, you're never alone. You're never by yourself. And even the people who are the best anything in the world these days too. you know so please if anyone needs anything hit us up contact us we'll help in any way that we can like i said don't have a lot to offer but everything i have is available to everyone who needs it so that's it bam yeah